All right, hey everybody, welcome to the Classic Gaming Podcast. This is Robert Ring. Today's date is January 2nd, 2016. This is episode number 51. That was Alone in the Chaos with our intro music. With me is Jay Totoro. Howdy. And Blake Corey. Hey, that's me again. Oh, man. You <laughs> and we got something else this time. Somebody else, actually. Somebody. We have Alex from SNES Drunk. I'm sorry, Alex. I don't like saying SNES. How are you doing? No, that's the th- thanks for having me. First of all, that's the whole idea of the name, though, is that you can't say the word SNES without sounding like you're drunk. Like that's, that's the whole basis of the name. Okay, okay, yeah. that's good. I like so it. it's it's a cutesy, stupid little thing like that. But yeah, no. Well, thanks for having me on, though. I really really fun. Appreciate it. So so does that mean that you normally say SNES? Oh yeah, no. I I I, I agree with you that SNES sounds kind of stupid and ridiculous and silly. But okay, good. Hence, hence the intro, why I decided on the intros of my videos to be what they are. Which is no, that's cool. I like of, it. Kind of, all right. That should be our next top three. Top three pronoun- pronunciations of the oh, SNS system. We could have, we could have Ryu. What the f- we could say, how do you pronounce Ryu? How do you pronounce oh, SNES? God. I'm sure there's, uh, how do you pronounce Gigas? Or Gigas? Gigas, yeah. Uh, I don't think there, I think it's all pretty cut and dry in Metal Gear Solid. You remember that that rubber? Uh, there's Eva or an Eva, but I think they pronounce it Eva all the way through. So, yeah, there's voice acting in the game, so I'm pretty sure that one. <laughs> I'm just trying to get Robert to go off on one. Not intended. So we can punish him. Uh, uh, where do we go from here? I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm, Are you already? I've been <laughs> off of. We, <laughs> yeah, we haven't done out. one in almost a month now, right? Oh, that's I right. I think it's been that. three weeks. So yeah, pretty close to a month. Because we had the old holiday. How did the holidays go for everybody? Pretty good. Eh. <laughs> no. Eh, Mine Blake, fine. you got some serious shit from some of your uh, from some of your like stream watchers. Uh, oh, oh God, some of that stuff. Well, all right. So I got one giant mystery box, which I didn't actually win that. My girlfriend Becca won that from a friend of ours who was doing a giveaway on his stream, and we okay. ended up being the ones to win this box. There had to have been like. A thousand dollars worth of stuff in the mystery box. What? Uh, That's pretty sick. The guy is doing crazy stuff like this. So he gave me, uh, well, this, a few of the things I claimed because my girlfriend doesn't care about them. Um, I have a disc, non greatest hits copy of Final Fantasy IX. What? Uh, it, and the case is actually oh, in pretty good condition, except for the interior, uh, the little parts that hold the CD down. One of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah, of tabs. Yeah, yeah, those tab things. Um, and then I already have a copy of this game, Raido Kuzunoha, uh, Devil Summoner 2, Raido Kuzunoha versus uh, King Abaddon. But the version he gave me this that I got from him was the collector's edition. So cool. I've got like lame. a... Not lame. You're lame. lame. Shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, Wait, why is that lame, Roberto? I'm, I'm just leaving this $90 copy of this game in its wrapping <laughs> and boxed case with um, the Jack Frost monster from the game. Nice. Uh, and nice. then, God, what else did we get? We got, uh, like, two toys. Like you know those remote lighter, control right? helicopter things? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's it's not the helicopter. It's got four propellers. It's like that thing drone, is right? hard as hell to use, just so everybody knows. It's is super it awkward to control that thing. Um, God, what else? Is it a drone? There's a bathrobe. Yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking. I was thinking of a drone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much Get like it that. Get registered. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, got a copper mug, which is great for drinking Moscow mules. Um, a big bathrobe. Um, a wired wait, bathrobe. He, wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> I like how you just went over that like it was nothing. <laughs> Random shit in a box. Is your wife well, yeah. there as well? Um, there may have been actually. Now that you mention it. Uh, actually, there was a bottle of Don Julio tequila, I think. Yeah, okay, I saw that. I was wondering. I yeah. thought that looked like tequila. Robert, that's all Sweet. Robert noticed. <laughs> <laughs> he noticed in there. I don't recognize any of that video game stuff. Nothing else. Ooh, liquor. Drunk uh, language. Again. There was a <laughs> ton of stuff in there. Uh, um, God, what else did I get? Uh, there was a ton of gift cards, a couple flasks. Cool. More stuff that Robert, Robert can recognize, you know. Um, and then a friend, a, a viewer that's a good, fr- a decent friend of mine, he sent some. Uh, actually, he's a listener of the podcast as well. Hi Sam, okay. hi Sam Obam. Uh, he sent me some stuff because he's such a bastard. This is the only reason you brought this up, Robert, and I know that. By the way, <laughs> you were gonna get to it if I didn't, so I just said screw it. I'm gonna swallow this as hard as it is. Yeah, uh, he are. sent me that's some perlers. Said. He actually makes perlers. And he sent me some before. Um, Perler, they're like little beads. I'll try it here. I'll find an example for you. you It's like little pixel art type things. Oh, oh, I saw that on your Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Here. Um, Blake the Hedgehog? Another one. Yeah, Blake the Hedgehog. Yeah. Yes. For all of our podcast listeners, go check out our Twitter. One, Probably our most recently posted picture on the Class Games podcast Twitter is going to be a picture of Blake the Hedgehog with my face on it. I love you, Blake the Hedgehog. Because he is such an ass. Look at that. Oh, oh my God, I hate it. The other thing he sent me – actually, all right, so the guy that sent us the mystery box full of far too much stuff in it, he has had our address for a while, and he's got this ongoing joke – where he wants to send us a goat off of Amazon Prime because you can actually order goats off of there in some serious? states. What? But I not Colorado. So I got something to hold on one to uh, to kind of give me some more shit because that's all he ever seems to want to do. He sent me the gruff goat enemy from Earthbound in perler form. My roommates are googling. <laughs> I don't remember the goat. Oh, did you miss the goat? Uh, the goat's probably my favorite one because the next game I'm going to be playing is going to end up being Earthbound. That's what actually. you're saying, right? What I told yeah. you on Skype. What? Yeah, gruff. It's gruff goat or goat. <laughs> something goat. <laughs> like le- a le- legitimate goat, not a literal goat. Another perler goat. <laughs> oh I said my he god! Perlers. He said he wanted. He said you can order real goats on Amazon. He sent him a toy goat. Yeah, this other guy wants to send me a real goat. And then Sam Obam sent me a perler goat. Do you, you, got it? you got it, Jay? Jay's <laughs> the gears turning. Sorry, I'm talking to my roommates as well. I'm explaining to them. That's nuts. All right. <laughs> There's roommates are in the background like, somebody order somebody a goat? They're, the, well, my, roommates order groceries. my roommates order groceries from Amazon like every other day, like yeah. legitimately. So they were like, what, goat? I mean, <laughs> apparently there's some places where you can order goats off of Amazon and get it shipped directly to you or something. That is nuts. I, yeah. Alive? I just think about it and I, <laughs> I, as far as I know, live. <laughs> I haven't looked into it because I don't need that in my Google search history. It's bad enough as it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex. Yeah. How about you? You get? You, how's your break been? Uh, just... 
I got a uh, great taste of food poisoning, uh, knocked out about three straight days. So that was nice. lovely. Always recommend, uh, you know, good, good way to lose some weight at the, at the very was least. It Chipotle? Tell me it was not Chipotle. No, it was not Chipotle. It was Chinese food. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask the same question I asked Blake five minutes ago. Did you throw up while taking a poop? Not quite. No, but. Oh, he's closer. It was, no, yeah, it was, it was a legitimate threat at one point. It had to be addressed. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh. I've been, I've been there. The thought of, out there who has not had that moment has not experienced life yet. Don't worry. You'll be 30 pretty soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Other than that, um, we're just hanging out and playing random stuff. Didn't really get much for Christmas, just like a new hat. I have I have enough junk as it is. I, I tell people yep. just not to buy that. stuff. Gift yeah. cards. And- yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Like I never know what to tell people to get me. Like even my girlfriend was like, "What, what do you want for Christmas?" And I'm just like, "Nothing. I have everything. Don't worry about it. Just come hang out yeah. and chill. It's like, fine." How about a gift card to a gas station so I can get some <laughs> Ooh, gas? That- Does that sound good? Yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Next year you can get me gifts. I like this. <laughs> Jay, any any anything awesome? Um, not really. No, I got a, some random stuff, and I got a bench, like a legitimate bench. So it's cool. pretty cool. I built that. You sitting on it right now? No, I'm sitting on my DX Racer right now, son. Oh, why aren't you sitting so on the bench? Because it's outside. It's a bench. Oh, it's an like it's like a swinging group. bench. Yeah, it's an outside. Oh, okay. Bench. So it's a swing. Sorry. Yeah, that's an important part of that information. I'm sorry. It's it's oh. called a glider, actually. Give us a full it's story here. No, that's that's a different thing that for use in the bedroom, Jay. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> right. You should. Right, cool. <laughs> Blake's like, trust me. You gotta get one. Um, the coolest thing that happened to me was a couple was of hours ago. Yourself? Oh, okay. Uh, no, that well, okay, that was yeah. I did buy myself a copy of Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Uh, right on. SNES. Yeah, I've never played it, so I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for it. So I bought a box copy. It's pretty awesome. I haven't played it yet. I'll get there. I got something else even cooler. Well, I think cooler than that. Well, I'm, I, I can't talk about this right now. I'm gonna have to save it for another episode. But I got something else that was really cool for Christmas as well, along those lines. But also today, or like yesterday, or sometime in the last 24 hours, we got the best follower on Twitter that we've had that we have yet so far. Can we, do we want to guess, or? You can try guessing if you want to. Is it somebody I would? Somebody I would know who they are? He's somebody who's internet famous. Is it, can you give us Is more me? than that? Uh, like, more than four years ago, internet famous. Like, a lot, like, kind of old internet Husky. Okay, so me. What about Husky? Besides Blake, it's not Blake. Oh. No, it is Tazon Day. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. I just saw him on something recently. I can't remember what it was. Damn. That's so that was hilarious. my highlight of the break so far. Have you seen his room? Uh, my sister got married. That was pretty yeah, I was fun. Ask I was you, in, how, was, how was Arizona? How was the wedding? It, oh, I mean, it was so tiring because we did nothing but, like, run around cr- like crazy for an entire week. But uh, besides that, like, the wedding went really well. I yeah, was, like, within yeah, 30 minutes. Out. Yeah, I was in, like, within 30 minutes of Jay the entire time I was there, but literally did not have a chance to, like, swing by or anything like that. Yeah, so. no, it, it wouldn't have worked. I was working, like, the last week before I went on break. It was nuts. Like I worked overtime a lot, so they had a uh, they had a like Star Wars exit from their wedding reception. We all held up lightsabers 
and they like walked under us while Star Wars music played when they went out to the limos. So that was that was pretty sweet. That's legit. And then I went to see Star Wars the next morning. Oh god, we're gonna have to talk about this real quick. Well, yeah. Uh, all right. So spoiler free talk. Uh, yeah, please. I haven't seen start. it. So. Yeah. Okay. Who has Who has seen it so far? I've seen it. I have not seen it. Oh, okay. both suck. Jay, have you seen it? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. Two for two. No. Are you guys going to go see it? Yes. Yeah, eventually. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, so very cursory. Blake, uh, just thumbs up or down? Um, emphatic thumbs up. I was really happy okay. with it for the most part. There the was one thing. small problem with the movie. Um, this isn't really spoiling anything. This is pretty minor overall, and it's just something that I'll you will you. notice when you go to see it. The only thing that I hated about the movie is that the division of the factions made zero sense. Yeah, I was a little bit confused by that the whole time, too. I was like, huh? <laughs> Why are they? But what about that? Who Who did? What? <laughs> it just makes absolutely no sense, and I wish they'd done a better job explaining that. And that I don't want to spoil I don't, I'm not going to say too much more than that. That's all. Um, it's that's not the only real complaint the, I had with the movie. It's not as bad as the Trade Federation. Let's go ahead and clear that up right now. I was going to ask yeah, you. It's, so it's, it's not better political, than one, two, three. exactly. Oh, it's light years ahead okay. of those. It's light, like light a modern... It's like a modern Star Wars movie directed by J.J. Abrams. That's okay. if if you're familiar with J.J. Abrams, if you watched the new Star Wars or Star Trek movies, you know what to expect going into this. Basically, I thought you were literally going to come at this and be like, "It was shit. I shit during the movie. <laughs> it was shit." I thought literally that's what you're you were shit and threw up at the same time. That was during well, the movie. Actually, <laughs> really happy with it, which surprised. Okay. Yeah, me too. Well, yeah. from you, yeah. Like I was, I was from the trailers and everything I'd heard, I actually thought that I was going to enjoy it. But honestly, it felt like a Star Wars movie should, and that's yeah. all I wanted from it. All, all I'll too. say for the sake of time here, because I want to talk about uh, yeah. Alex's YouTube channel for a little bit, but I'll just say all of the complaints that I hear about it are like you could basically say all of the exact complaints about the original trilogy. Like, oh, this didn't make sense. This didn't add. like there are so many things in the original Star Wars trilogy that don't really make sense. But it's like a good damn movie, so you don't care anyways. Yeah, That's how I feel about this one. Yeah. Anything here where I was like, wait, this seems really dumb. I was like, I, I, I don't care that much. Yeah. It's not yeah, 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 exactly. things down with a bunch of nonsense, worthless political talk like the uh, prequel trilogy. It's <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm out if there's no trade negotiations. <laughs> I got to have the trade negotiations. <laughs> you got to have monologues about sand. And Yeah. I don't think yeah. you guys would be disappointed. That's good. I agree with Blake. Yeah. That's what I'm expecting okay. from it to be honest. Just enjoyable yeah. movie. You'll, yeah, I think you'll I think you both will like it. Um okay, well before we get to the usual stuff, let's uh let's talk about SNES drunk for just a minute. Uh Alex, so your channel I don't know if we have thoroughly really introduced you well enough. You run uh, the you run SNES Drunk, which is a YouTube channel. Yeah. Where you play tons of Super Nintendo games, talk about them. You some of your videos are like you know does this game hold up or whatever or what's so great about this or that game, and then you have a few also that are like the top you know top five best NES, top five hidden gems, that kind of stuff. Why don't you tell us for a minute about uh, SNES Drunk? Well, the way it got started was a discussion I had with my friend 
where we were talking about when we were kids, how we were constantly told about how great the Beatles were, constantly told about, oh, Bob Dylan's the greatest, whatever, Rolling Stones are the greatest, whatever. And we just hated those things on principle because we were so sick of hearing about them. So, and then we realized, like, wait a second, now kids are going to hate stuff like Chrono Trigger and the stuff we like because they're going to be sick of hearing about it constantly, how great it is. So it's like, I want to, it's like, <laughs> we had this, like, eureka moment where it's like, we got to do something about this. So um, I started just doing these little write-ups as I started playing through games, like why these games are as good as they people say they are, or why maybe why they aren't in some cases. Uh, Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But we're gonna uh, get along. <laughs> uh, the uh, yeah, no, it's just that's the whole point. It's just to take a more analytical view, not like a over sappy nostalgic thing. There's enough of that out there already. Like if, you, if that's what you're looking for, go somewhere else. But if with the stuff I'm trying to do is just more of a left-brained kind of a thing, or at least that's what I try to. Bring to the table something a little different. I'll say, unlike our podcast, your videos are usually pretty straight and short and straight to the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Th- th- and thanks for noticing that because I remember one time, I think it was, I wanted to see, uh, I want to say, I don't remember the game. I want to say it was like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the fighting game, the one-on-one fighting game. Okay. And I went on YouTube to like look up information on it. And the, the only thing I could find was like this 12-minute video of some dude just rambling about all this crap. And I'm like, Jesus, I just want to know if the game is any good. I don't want to sit through 12 minutes of this. So that was another part. It's like, I'm not going to waste anyone's time. I'm going to go through these as quickly as I can. Sometimes what is that people... like? I don't, I don't understand. Want, want. That's the channel. So what are, like, what are, what are, what are the last two or three videos that you've done for the channel? I have to look. <laughs> uh, I was drunk when I recorded and posted them. Yeah, so <laughs> no, yeah, that, and that is that is true. I uh, some voiceovers. Or not necessarily the last three. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but just like just an example of like one of the more recent ones that you put up. Oh yeah, Arcana is one of them. Arcana is a, a first person dungeon crawling RPG. I remember my brother rented it when I was a kid. It's kind of hard to get into if you're not used to games like that, but. There's that. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get into some Sega Genesis stuff, too. Like, I looked at Ristar. Uh, Smash oh, okay. TV is another one. Uh, G.I. Joe for NES. I'm trying to branch out into, like, other stuff now, too. But, uh, yeah. Cool. So, what are uh, some, like, you don't have to put a hard number on it, but what are, like, your three or five or so favorite Super Nintendo games, would you say? Uh, not being objective at all, I'd probably right. say, like, the original Star Fox, um, Chrono Trigger for sure. Chrono Trigger is my favorite game ever. Uh, Star Fox, Mega Man X, Mega Man X2, um, Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball is another big one that I've seriously put at least like a hundred hours into, like an absurd that's, amount of time into. That's really weird how that game is somehow so good. Oh, it's great. I love it. Um, it's it's the cartoony art style. It's like the players breaking their bats and. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I played, I remember playing that with my friends a whole lot. And like, I don't know what it, like, I'm not even a baseball fan, but like, they just got that game right, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, the fielding and the pitching and hitting, everything is balanced really well. Like, everything is really consistent across the board. It's hard to do in a baseball game. Especially that old. That's what's Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um. So okay. Besides Super Nintendo, what what other kind of stuff do you like to play? Do you, do you play much? Do you play much modern stuff, or do you mostly stick to old stuff? The only exposure I get to modern stuff is uh, watching my girlfriend play PS4 stuff. She's okay. Got Bloodborne. Um, she yeah, like I said, she's playing through PS3 stuff lately. Old PS3 stuff. <laughs> but, no, it's uh, so <laughs> funny to hear, man. Like, sorry, I know it's like six, seven. No, years. it's yeah, it's, it's, it's like true. seven or eight years old now, man. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it is really weird. Like, I even feel weird, like, sometimes when we cover a PlayStation 2 game on the podcast, yeah, I'm like, geez, does that count as classic? But, I mean, oh, it was, yeah. that was a while on, back. That couldn't have come out that, oh, that thing's over a decade old and yeah. then some, so, oops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a PlayStation 2 my senior year in high school. Like, that blows my mind. Some, like, I don't understand how that works out chronologically. That's mostly what I've been um, in high school, to be honest. You what? PS2. PS2. That was like the system I played for the most part throughout high school. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, all right, cool. Anything else that you just want to uh, say about SNES Drunk, or uh, is that pretty much covered? Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. much. Well, anyway, it's a really cool channel. Uh, definitely Thanks. everybody go check it out. You can find it at youtube.com slash SNESDrunk while you're waiting for the next episode of Classic Gaming Podcast every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess anything else you guys want to move on to news? I only have two things in news. Let's go to news. Ow, shit. News usually takes a while. All right. Well, what's gonna be fast this time? This okay. We'll so see. the first piece of news I have here is uh, did you guys see that this 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 was like almost too long ago for us to cover? It was like maybe even before the last episode, but I think I forgot to mention it. John Romero released a short video of the demo they created. Of a PC version of Mario 3. Did uh, did any of y'all see that? I had the link. No, I don't think I heard about that at all. Well, I don't have the link anymore. So, oh wait, here it is. Oh, but I don't have this Skype pulled up. Fuck it. Um, yeah. So like back, this was back. Uh, you know, it was actually before ID was a company, or I think it was when ID was called something else. One of the things they did was they created a PC version of Mario 3. Because uh, scrolling screens on PCs was kind of like new territory back then, hmm. and they were just sort of breaking into it. They tried it out with Mario Three, and they got it working pretty well. You can you can tell that the uh, that the jump physics are a little bit off here. Here I've got the uh, I've got the thing here. I, I'm sorry, the, I don't understand. So wait, he's saying it's hard for them to make screen transitions on what? PC. Back when they designed PS3? Oh, for PS3. Okay, or for PC, okay. No. I was thinking... Yeah. Okay, like, I when, Like, when computer, like when people first started playing games on computers, pretty much. Like, yeah, I got it, you. That was difficult to do. Uh, they got it working with Mario 3, and they took it to Nintendo to try to get, like, a some sort of licensing deal where they would, you know, like, port it to PC or whatever. <laughs> Ultimately, Nintendo just was not interested. But I anyway, gotta say, also, the, the video starts off... With at the Super Mario Brothers three logo, is that a dolphin on the bottom? Yeah, because <laughs> that's hilarious. That. Yeah, that logo. Keep going through the video. Listen to the sound. It effects. says IFD next to the dolphin. That was the company's name, so that must have been their logo or something like that. Well, I just think it's hilarious because nowadays the big Wii and uh, um, GameCube emulator is the dolphin. Oh really? Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That was also the code name for the. What was it? The it was the code name for some Nintendo 
franchise. Or, uh, I think it was it was either the GameCube or the Wii. Yeah. I, I think it was GameCube. GameCube. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see like the jumping oh, man, physics are a little sound bit effects are terrible. The sound effects are nice. sound effects are kind of bad. But Where's besides that, like, you know, this is just like a. Yeah, I'm sure this true. is a port that they just like spent, you know, like not long at all putting together. Just to yeah, get, it was like, just, just a look at. Let's see what we can do and how much we if we can get it working, basically. Yeah, so it's pretty cool from a historical perspective. <laughs> he just – he didn't have a running start there. His P-meter wasn't built up. He yeah, just yeah, jumped he into the air. <laughs> so anyway, that was pretty cool. Uh, and then – okay, so the only other thing I have isn't really classic gaming related, but I figure it was notable enough to discuss anyway. The big uh, the big Steam debacle that happened on Christmas. Oh, man, mm. yeah. So if you're you not aware, surprised? okay, I'll, um, I was surprised at what happened. Not that there was an issue, but that gotcha. the particular issue that happened. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. So if if you aren't up to date on what went down, Christmas Day, uh, some people started noticing that Steam was kind of acting up and being a little bit weird, and very quickly started noticing that uh, they would go to try to click on their account page or or just like any page, and then suddenly people were seeing other people's information on the account on the account pages including addresses phone numbers email addresses uh no credit card numbers except for like the last two or four digits or something like that of credit cards from what i up- heard to clarify i think that a lot of that information like the address etc was because i mean you can't see your um your card information Period. Like right now, if I go check my Steam account, if I have a credit card saved on there, I think I'm only going to see the last four digits anywhere. Right. That's right. That's all they saw. And then and the only time, too. the only time that you can <laughs> see uh, see someone's address is if they were all if they they had items in their cart to check out. I think. Okay. So it wasn't like 100% blown open. You can find out. Somebody's social security number because you're logged onto their Steam account or anything. <laughs> right, like you yeah. had to, there were kind of specific circumstances that had to be met and all this, um, but it was still huge. First Ashley uh, Madison now Steam. Nobody's safe. <laughs> <laughs> so what did they so say? Saw, I'm actually, I, I didn't hear what they said. Affected. So I didn't even said, look at what they said because they waited like five days. Yeah, to that was the weird thing. About it. That was the worst so, part. Their first, the first announcement, the first response, they put out through GameStop. Yeah. They told yes. GameStop, hey, this thing happened. And GameStop were like, oh, well, we just talked to Steam and uh, here you go. This, some some problems happened. And then like another like five or six days later, they finally put out their own uh, press release about it. And I was just like, you guys are really screwed up here. That didn't even say much. So so the problem, it turns out, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, crap, Steam got hacked. What's going on? What, what happened was there was a, an issue with the caching of the pages that they're serving. Uh, where, whether you were using the client or on their website, it would cache. Their web servers were caching, uh, like, people's account pages and then messing it up and then showing those pages to the wrong people. So that's why people were just randomly seeing other people's account information. Uh that was what Steam said. Okay, they, you know, on the day of, they were like, "This is what's going on," and then like that was it for like, as Blake said, like five or six days, and everybody's like, "So are you gonna like give us some more information on what happened?" Yeah. And uh, finally, like, it was like yesterday or something, or like two days ago, wasn't it, Blake? Yeah, I think it was on the first. 
Okay, so it was yesterday. They were like, yeah, yeah. this is what happened. Uh, our partner that handles the caching of our pages screwed up and it was a caching error. Like, they pretty much, like, didn't say anything new. I, I wasn't, I gotta say, they gave us some more information, but I wasn't really satisfied with their fuller explanation because they didn't say much besides, yeah, there was a problem. And, uh, this is, they, they gave a more detailed description of what they had already said. But everybody was like, are you get like, are you gonna, like, what are you guys gonna do about this? Like, you know, particularly people who, some people were like, yeah, I've been emailed by dozens of people who were just letting me know that they got to see my account information on, you know, on Steam. What do you guys have planned? Like, what are you guys gonna do? And like, they're basically like, oh, sorry, there was an error. <laughs> whoops. Yeah, whoops. Oops. Sorry. Robert, as somebody who backs codants for a living, how do you feel about this? So, okay, so that's a good question. So, yeah, I have a little bit of experience with, you know, well, I'm a web developer. So my thoughts – so the, the biggest thing that stood out to me in all of this was – so, you know, everybody has made big mistakes. <laughs> Thankfully, I've never been on a project this big, so I've not had the ability to make a mistake this big. But, like, mistakes like this happen sometimes – the, the most confusing part about it to me was, uh, this was actually what they said in their original announcement. They said, due to a uh, configuration error, or like uh, a change in configuration, this happened. My question is, why do you make a configuration change on Christmas Day? Like, that is, like for me, when I'm when I have a website that I'm working on or whatever... I barely, if it's a live website, I barely feel safe touching it on Fridays, much less the biggest holiday of the year in the middle of the biggest sale of the year. Like, I can understand hitting a button that says, yeah, start caching stuff that you've already set up and already used before. But they said they changed configuration, which is a pretty huge deal. They basically made significant changes during the worst time absolutely possible. And then they're like, oh, shit. Hey, when's everybody going to be home spending time with their families so no one is around to fix this huge problem if it blows up in our faces? Oh, let's do it on Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Good idea. Let's promote you. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that. That was the biggest thing. I mean, like I said, yeah, they, they it was a big it was a big screw up. But big screw ups happen. Everybody screws up on things. I was just like for it was more of a workflow surprise to me like why would you do this why why would you think that's a good idea that that surprised me a lot i thought that was very unprofessional of them as well as how long it took them to be like hey whoops by the way here's what's up would have come out and been like hey here's what's going on we apologize here's how we're going to fix it like you know what i mean like especially when it's when it's personal information like that that's like Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that you immediately have to get in front of because otherwise it just it snowballs like there's no there's no question yeah like it's so bad uh, somebody posted, I, I showed you guys, I think it was earlier, somebody posted a, an image on uh, uh, Reddit today and it said, good guy Steam, knows customer service, usually oh, yeah. sucks, doesn't provide any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Alex, I take it you weren't very affected by this? It sounds like you don't play much PC stuff. No, not really. I was pretty amused by all the... the you just got to sit back and watch fish. the watch the fire? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys, that sounds like it really sucks. <laughs> I do play. Uh, I've been meaning to get. I need to get it just on a tangent. Got to get Undertale eventually. I hear a lot of good things about that. Game. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, eventually I'll get more into Steam stuff. <laughs> yeah, I really want to play Undertale. Also, uh, I haven't got. I've got a few other things 
that I'm already playing. So like I don't want to buy it yet, but yeah, I think that's pretty much next time I'm up to buy a game that that's pretty much what I'm gonna go for because it right. sounds yeah. from what Same. I hear it's supposed to be pretty yeah it's supposed to be pretty amazing. Uh, but so that's all for news. Why don't we ju- go ahead and jump into games? Um, uh, so we'll talk one about another thing for news. Oh, good, you go just ahead. suck at reading things. Okay. Uh, the other the only other thing I know of that's happened recently is there was an announcement. And Final Fantasy IX is going to be coming to PC finally. I and didn't hear this. Actually. So you didn't? I wondered, Jay, no. because I if you had heard it, I figured you would have brought it up. Yeah. It's huh. coming to uh, – it's being ported over to PC finally, and it's also going to mobile. And that part concerns me a little that. bit. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. Do you, did you play the original Final Fantasy VII port for PC? Yeah. I thought it was pretty a good, especially for the time. Yeah, it wasn't like, bad. Not at it all. wasn't bad. So I'm, I mean, that's I'm exciting. I'm just worried that they're going to update it in some oh, way. Oh, yeah. And, or update the sound effects of the music. Oh, or man. If, awful. Yeah. The graphics is the worst If when they update that. Yeah. I don't think they'll touch the graphics of 9 for the mobile. I don't know. I, don't, maybe. I think they'll do the music. It's too tied to um to that setting. I feel like they, they'll be like, oh, the graphics for this one are fine. And they felt I'll like they needed to update six and four and five and all that. So I don't, hopefully we get a pure, just a straight port with uh, very little changes and maybe just some extra stuff, like an extra dungeon or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, there will definitely be achievements. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully they'll uh, remake who's, who's it using RPG what, Maker. What I'll company is are you going to have to download their fucking plugin to play it? Um, I think it's coming to Steam and GOG. So I have to give up my credit card. Oh, really? Yeah, I I may be wrong on that one. I haven't heard about. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be on. They they've got like all the Final Fantasy stuff that has been ported so far is on Steam, I believe. Yeah, it um all of it I can think of: Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy IV After Years, Final Fantasy V, six, seven, eight, um, thirteen, the whole trilogy, uh. I'm trying to remember if any of them are on GOG, though, and I don't think they are, so it might not be going on I don't on think GOG. they are either. Yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Nothing over That's on exciting, GOG. That's exciting, actually. Uh, did, was there an ETA on that, by the way? Uh, not that I know of. I believe okay. it's planned for 16, 2016. Cool. Alex, you a uh, Final Fantasy fan? I was going to say, 9 is one of the better ones, isn't it? I remember I 8. I remember not liking eight, and I like eight. Yeah, just... dude, we're gonna get along really, really well. <laughs> eight is like my least favorite one. Sappy nonsense, yeah. And yeah, and nine, I remember they they rebounded pretty good, and then and then ten, it kind of yeah. went in the direction it is right now, and yeah. But I remember nine. Be, it's been a long time since I played Final Fantasy nine, like over ten years. But um, I remember it being pretty good. Yeah, it'll. That's a great game. I, I really like it. I'm excited. Let's talk about let's talk about the stuff we've been playing. Um, why don't one of us go first? Then we'll have Alex go second, and then two of us will wrap it up. Uh, I think Blake volunteered to go first today. Huh? I think he really wanted to talk about his game today. Blake, I don't even have much to say, so yeah, I can go first. I don't even care. I, All right. If you what, what shut did you up play? long enough, Jane, listen. <laughs> <laughs> talk about me or Robert. I said Jay, like I just oh, said, if you could just listen once in a while. <laughs> like, um, I've been playing Earthbound Beginnings, a.k.a. Mother One, uh, the prequel. Well, it, it's not really a prequel. It's a game. It's the first in the Mother series. 
came out before Earthbound. It was on the um, the Famicom, but it never made it over to the States until the Earthbound Beginnings release that happened, I believe, last year. Uh, it's the first official release by Nintendo of that game over to the States, and uh, I've been looking forward to playing it for a long time. The original release of the game is very, very, very grind-heavy, apparently. So I'm actually playing a ROM hack of the game called the Mother 25th Anniversary Edition that changes a few small things. It makes the game much less grindy, which was the biggest reason I wanted to play it. Because I didn't want to spend a week playing the game just grinding up, fighting enemies over and over and over just to get enough money to afford one upgrade and crap like that. Uh, the other things that's changed are some of the art is a little bit different. Uh, the biggest thing that they've done there is they've made it so that some of the enemies more fit in with kind of a theme. Like creepy enemies are supposed to look creepier and crazy enemies look crazier, things like that. Pretty small changes overall. And so this is my first ever time playing the game. I haven't played any other fan translations or anything like that. And so far I've been liking it a lot. It's just, it's actually shocking how well the game uses the 8-bit sound chip what to make up? amazing sound. Uh, the original release was 90... It was 89. Was it 89? Was it that old? Yep. Holy shit. Let me. I damn. Now I kind of here. I'm gonna boot it up and double check what it shows on the main menu of this. But uh, it if it came out in '89, it's even more shocking that the music is just that freaking good. Uh, it sounds like they took the um, the 16-bit versions of a lot of the Earthbound music and then just ported that over into an 8-bit sound. Like they instead of developing this to be 8-bit in the first place. It was, like, reverse-engineered from 16-bit to be 8-bit. And, yeah, it was an 89, according to the menu. All right. Good God. Yeah, they That's really impressive. did a fantastic job with the music. A Do lot of the you... songs in the game are just... Um, they're the same music that gets used in Earthbound. So you'll recognize, like, the New Age retro hippie theme. Um, oh, yeah. And a lot of the town music is even the same stuff. Huh. Which... Uh, like, every time I walk into a new area, I'm like, hey, I know that song. This is from the factory in Earthbound. And now I'm in a factory in Mother. What do you know? Do you so, think you like, would like the game? Uh, sorry. Do you think you'd like the game just as much if it were just as grind-heavy? Uh, probably not, because I get tired of a lot of the games from that era. It doesn't yeah. have quite the charm that Earthbound does. It's definitely got that same writing style, but it hasn't refined it like what we see in Mother 2. It's certainly off the wall still. It's still very silly. There's a lot of goofy moments already, and I'm only probably six hours into the game, if that. Uh, I got my first party member. I went around. I fought a Starman Jr. who was tiny and adorable, and I <laughs> want a plushie of him. Uh, <laughs> the other thing that's missing from the game... That makes it, like, it just, it's not Earthbound, which obviously it's not. It's definitely, it's definitely a game that came before Earthbound. This one doesn't have the rolling HP bars. Instead, it's got a much more, I don't know, Dragon Warrior 1 through 3 kind of a feel to the menu and the combat systems. So you've got your uh, party status at the bottom of the screen, um, your names, your HP amounts, and uh, experience and all that stuff. And then as soon as you get hit by the enemy, your HP just drops down. 
you don't see your characters up there swinging. There's no big special animations that I've seen or anything. Uh, it's pretty much just sprites flashing around at you. So it's missing a lot of stuff like that, which is, again, not surprising at all. It's a well-done, up to this point, uh, execution of that old-school style. Uh, at this point, like I said, I've only got two characters. The second character I've gotten is pretty much uh, the Jeff of the game, who is able to use bottle rockets and bombs and all these other special items. Uh, but he doesn't have any psi powers of his own. The main character really falls into that Dragon Warrior 1 character type of, like, Oh, this is your one character, so you've got to have everything. So he has like a heal spell. He's got offense up spells, defense up, defense down, a hypnosis spell, and all this other goofy stuff. And it's, uh, it, it feels a little strange because from Earthbound, I'm expecting something slightly different than that. But overall, I, I'm actually surprised at how good the game is so far. That's awesome. Do you, how do you feel it stacks up to other, uh, like Nintendo, like original Nintendo or slash Famicom RPGs? Um, uh, well, like I said, I'm only about five hours into it so far. Uh, it's up there with the best of them at the very least. It's actually some of the other things that it does are, that are very Nintendo RPG era is that you'll, there are lots of bridges in the game. And as soon as you cross that bridge, <laughs> you all of a sudden go into a new tier of enemy fights. Mm. So, like, you'll be fighting a level one snake on one side of the bridge. You'll accidentally walk over to the other side, and you'll be fighting a gorilla that kills you in two hits. <laughs> Whereas the snake was like, it could do one damage to your 40 HP pool. Uh, it's like, oh, oops. I shouldn't be over games, there yet. Yep. So punishing. <clears throat> uh, like, it's it's at least up there with the best of them, like... Probably uh, Dragon Warrior 2 and 3, the original Final Fantasy. Uh, the only thing, it's like those, but with a mo- more modern setting. Awesome. So, so it sounds like a pretty damn good game. It's like, I'm actually surprised that it's as good as it is so far. To be fair, if I were playing the older version, the original version with all the grinding, I don't think I'd be enjoying it nearly this much, which is all sure. the more reason that I'm happy I'm not playing that one. <laughs> Good. Cool. So, uh, three thumbs up, or just two? Um, I don't have a third two. on me right now, so I'm gonna go with two. Ooh, baby. <laughs> I give you a third one. Uh, what did, how was the, I'm guessing the music was pretty mediocre for, since it was 89, but how were, like, the sound effects? Mm. Well, like I mean, like I said, the music is actually. I think you actually said you were away, maybe. Yeah. Um, the music in the game is amazingly well done. Okay. It honestly sounds like what they did is they took sixteen because it's a, it's the same music that you'll hear in the uh, in Earthbound, and so gotcha. what it sounds like to me playing Earthbound first, it sounds like they took the sixteen bit music from Earthbound, and then reverse engineered it and downgraded it to eight bit. It just sounds fantastic. Cool. Uh, the sound effects and everything, they're, again, they're just like 8-bit Earthbound sound effects. It's the same smash sound whenever you crit an enemy, opening up stuff, you got the little boop Just small, minor things, really. Uh, okay, cool. Well, you want to go to... Alex, let's go to you, then. What, what, what have you been playing lately? I've been playing this game called Brandish. It's a... Uh... Ah, I just saw that earlier today. That's not sure when it came out exactly. I want to say it was later in the Super Nintendo lifespan, but um, 
It is. I've got uh, it. Nineteen. Uh, ni- wait, what? Oh, ninety-four. I think it's an original. Originally came out for PC, and it's a port from like some of those like fancy PC specialized computers. Those, <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about like the the Sharp X68 thousand million or whatever it's called. You know, like those kind of those like beast computers. I the <laughs> that whole universe is like way over my head. I don't. But uh, <laughs> Brandish is uh, really strange because you sit down, you, you pl- it looks really cool, it sounds really cool, the intro is awesome, there's some great pixel art. It's like, okay, it's going to be like a top-down Zelda-type game, and it's you start messing around with controls, and your guy is just standing still. It's just the, the room keeps changing. Like, what the hell? Am I, like, teleporting between these rooms somehow? Like, what what is going on? But it turns out you don't move your character, you move the room around you. So you spin the room around, and it is so disorienting. It took me about oh, weird. minutes to figure that out. Yeah, if you see any footage of it, it is really, like, what the hell am I looking at? Like, it takes a long time to figure out what you're supposed to do, just on a very basic, fundamental level of, like, moving and finding stuff. And one, once you get past that, and I understand, like, it's like once you get past that hurdle the size of Mount, Ever- Mount Everest, you know, then the game is fine. But the game <laughs> is pretty much fine after Oh, that. I see. I just pulled up a... A quick YouTube of somebody playing it, and it's like it doesn't actually rotate. It just like all of a sudden changes. It just like like one pixel, like at one in one frame, you're looking at it one way, and all of a sudden yeah. it's just different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when really I, weird. Yeah, when I when I say rotate, I don't mean like actually spin. I mean like suddenly you're facing ninety degrees, and then another ninety degrees, and it's just it's it's hard to describe. But it's a uh, <clears throat> the way the way I've I've seen it best put is that it's pretty much a first person dungeon crawler but from an overhead perspective. So it's like they tried to meld the two things together into one yeah. thing, and it doesn't really work all that well. The um the turning thing is just like the dungeon crawlers like you know in like the like the like the old Might and Magic games where it's like first right. person and you turn and all of a sudden like the screen just changes and you're facing something different. It's like right. the version of that as if you were like isometric viewpoint. <laughs> Yeah, it's it makes no sense. I have no idea what they were thinking when they came up with this. But I wanted to try it because I thought the cover looks cool, the music is great, and all the usual RPG stuff is there. There's all the leveling up. There's you know MP, HP, weapons, armor, items, all that good stuff, and it's all fine. And the story is a little different, you know, from based based on what I've I haven't got I'm barely into the game at all because I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but. It's uh I'm surprised there's even a story, to be honest. Based on the visual. <laughs> yeah, the story is figure yeah, out. The story is really more of a backdrop in that game. It's, like it's just so they can Your girlfriend has been kidnapped, isn't that what it is? I don't not quite, I don't think. I think it's okay. a story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know they made a lot of sequels. Like for some reason this game got popular in one way or another, and there's a there's a Super Famicom exclusive sequel that has a fan translation available, and I guess that game is much better. I would hope so. And, uh, yeah, there's like a game on, let me see, PSP, I think, and, yeah, Brandish 3, Brandish 4. Like, why? How? But, okay. (laughs) It's got a pretty hot chick on it. (laughs) It's pretty much, pretty much my thinking, like, yep, can't go wrong with this. Let's see what's going on here. (laughs) Yeah, PSP, PC, PC Engine, uh, PC ninety eight. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Windows ninety eight. Weird. 
Yeah, it's crazy because like when I looked up an image when you brought it up like uh before we started, it looks like a really cool game. And then when you told me how the camera moves, I watched a video and I was instantly like, no, I'd get nauseous playing that. Yeah. Like, there's just no way. Yeah, it's like I I I guess you could make the case that it's ahead of its time, but it's like that's not always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. So is it fun at all? Uh, it's work. <laughs> Oof. Oh, that sucks. That's, 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 uh... Yeah, it's. I want to be able to figure out like the story and like what what I'm at. You know, I want to see if I can get used to it at the very least and get past the initial like jarringness of just. That's a good way to put it. When I'm yeah. watching this jarring, yeah. yeah. And it's. I just want to get past that and see if I can dive into the game a little bit more. See if there's anything else there. I think there is, but maybe not. You know, I'm not looking at Shakespeare or anything like that, but. <laughs> Maybe the next game. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it, though. Well, uh, I was considerate of our guest, so I played a Super Nintendo game. I did, too, actually, so you can go fuck you, yourself, you, Robert. You're a man after my <laughs> own heart. <laughs> I played an awesome Super Nintendo game, F-Zero. You may have heard of it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, may have heard of it. Absolutely. So, I'll just go ahead and say it outright. If you haven't played F-Zero, you need to go play F-Zero. Uh, F-Zero, of course, as you probably know, is a racing game for the Super Nintendo. came out in 1990. It is like a futuristic racing game where you're racing like hovercrafts that look all kind of sort of spacey on these awesome tracks that are all futuristic looking. Uh, the whole like sci-fi design of everything is just really well done. The, you only, there are only four different like hover cars to choose from, but they all look really cool, and uh, like like I said, the tracks all look cool. The tracks are really challenging as well. Uh, so like aside from just the setting and the design and everything, the gameplay is also really good. So it, first of all, I feel like especially maybe even more so than probably more so than any other game at the time that this game came out, it gave you like the like the biggest sense of speed. More so than any other racing game, I feel like had oh, at yeah. this point. You uh, you feel like you're going super fast in this game. Uh, the courses are really tough, but they're not like impossible. It's like they're just challenging enough to be pretty hard, but there are none. I don't. I feel like maybe one or two, but there are very few that you just like feel like you're banging your head against and that you'll never get past. It's like if you play them, if you race them smart. And you kind of like, you know, maybe it might take you one loop to kind of like learn the track and where you need to slow down a little bit more and stuff. But they're all pretty fair at the same time, I feel like. I, I feel like they're really well balanced. Uh, one of the uh, interesting things about this game is the walls on the track damage you if you touch them. So it's not just like if you crash into a wall, you take damage. If you touch the wall... There are these little things on the walls that like actively damage you for as long as you are rubbing up against the wall. It's like part and, of your strategy, right? Huh? That can be part of your strategy, then, correct? Because like you can like force people to. Like, well, yeah, the wall, for some, to some extent, because like I don't, I feel like it's it's hard to stay close to a uh, an AI racer long enough to actually do that to okay. him. You can at some time. I mean, theoretically you could, but I don't feel like I really had much of an opportunity to, to do that when I was playing it recently. Um, okay. Mostly you just want to stay away from the walls. But but what's also kind of interesting is you have a health bar. 
So for as long as you're touching the, the walls, your health bar goes down. And then, like, if you slam into a wall really hard, like, you'll just start ping-ponging all over the place. It's, it's, it's the, phys- the physics are really cool, and, like, you're taking huge damage every hit. So on, on every course, at one part of the course, there's, like, a, an extra kind of, sort of like a lane off to the side that you can go through, and, it, and a little thing comes down and heals you for as long as you're sitting in that lane. So the trick is, obviously, you don't want to stay in that lane for very long, so you want to take as little damage as possible so you don't have to actually, like, stop in the lane and let people pass you. If you're just driving along, you go sit in the lane. It'll take like two seconds to pass it. You can get a little bit of healing, and that's that's usually fine if you didn't take much damage. So there, there's a little bit of strategy as far as that goes. But uh, I feel like I think it's probably. I mean, this must be the F Zero series must be the only racing game where you actually have a health bar, and they actually pulled it off. I feel pretty well. There's also obstacles on some of the courses. Like on some of them, there are magnets on the walls that pull you towards them. So there's some of them. On this, on one course in particular, there are these parts where there are like really narrow lanes all of a sudden, and there's a magnet on one side. So you have to angle your car just right to where you're going away from the magnet but not crashing into the other wall. That's pretty cool. There's also one where uh, it's like really windy, and so it's kind of like blowing your car all over the place while you're trying to drive. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really neat. It, it has a really cool dynamic. Uh, also, the music is amazing on this game. I feel like, uh, Alex, tell me if you agree, this got, this has to have one of the best soundtracks of an SNES game. Would you Would you agree with that? Oh, without a doubt. You can tell a lot of time went into the soundtrack in particular, just because it's like, it's not just like the same stupid little melody going over and over again. It's like fleshed out songs that are catchy. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's every single track too. It's like Big Blue is one um, of my favorites personally that I get stuck in my head all the time. Yeah, the the music is a big strength of the game for sure. Yeah, it's it's really really good. Like I, I hadn't really thought about the fact how you said like each one is like a full song. It's not just like a loop. Yeah. Uh, Which is really popular at that time. Right. Yeah. I mean, you had a lot of looping stuff early on in the days of video games. They nailed this sound. Like you couldn't have you couldn't have had a better soundtrack on this game. I don't think. Um. Uh. It, the the game comes with so I bought a uh, so you can actually get this game. I bought this complete in box on eBay. I was like I just want to have a box of this game because it looks really cool. Uh. And like you can actually find it pretty cheap. I bought a I, I got a very very good condi- like really good condition version of the game complete in box for thirty bucks. Wow. And. Yeah, and it comes with so in the manual there's actually like you know, of course you know like like a lot of games back then there's like backstories on each of the characters like on each of the drivers that you can choose from that kind of stuff. There's also like a like six page comic in the back of the manual. Oh, I love that. that. Yeah, it's awesome. It like introduces kind of like I mean it throws well I guess introduces is a strong word. It creates a bit of a story that's kind of going on in the background. There's absolutely no story whatsoever when you're playing the game. But just the fact that they like included a comic in this in this manual, like that alone, is uh, I thought was really cool. The only flaw to this game is I'd say a pretty big flaw, and I have no idea why. I don't know if they just didn't have enough time to flesh everything out or what. But there's no multiplayer. Interesting. Yeah. And I did not remember that from when I, you know, had played this That's game when it first came well, out. Actually. I was like, because my uh, my seven year old, I was like, hey, Catherine, you want you want to play this game in a few minutes? 
because uh, when I got it in the mail, I was like, it's this really cool racing game. She's like, yeah, awesome. So like, I turned it on and played a lap, and then she came back. And I was like, all right, you know, let me let me find multiplayer. And I'm like looking around. The menu is like, there's like one or two. There's like two options in the menu, and what neither of them was, you know, two player mode. So I was like, am I this dumb that I cannot find the multiplayer mode? And so I was like googling it and stuff, and there was no multiplayer on F Zero. That's right, yeah. I think that was kind of a thing with a lot of early Super Nintendo games. I don't remember it being a big deal that uh, Final Fight uh, had no multiplayer. And that oh, was I don't remember a, that. Yeah, that people were really upset about that. I love that port, but I guess, you know, you could either be Hagar or Cody, they're missing Guy. Yeah, no, that was, that, that was the case for a lot of the early launch titles and stuff like that for um, Super Nintendo way back when. Okay. Yeah, I remember I, I remember still playing this with my friends a lot, and I think we would pretty much kind of like do like uh, time races where we would just try to beat, beat each other's times, uh, which, you know, that's pretty fun, but obviously it's not the same as actually racing each other. Right. But so so that's a pretty big that's a pretty big problem. But I but like I still absolutely recommend this game. If you haven't played F-Zero, you got to go play F-Zero because it is it is a seriously good Super Nintendo racer. I agree. There you have it. Nobody can disagree <laughs> with me now. Uh, Jay? Oh, I think Jay stepped out. Oh, oh you I said that a was pee. Yeah, that was like two was... seconds. I can pee from my chair. It's a DX race. Okay. <laughs> you just, I, like swivel to the side. <clears throat> swivel. Um, so for this podcast, I decided to play an SNES game that I know we all love and cherish very much and uh, has an amazing soundtrack, so I knew specifically... That I should play Donkey Kong Country. Why not? <laughs> I know everybody lo- loves this game so much. I can think of plenty of reasons why not. Blake, would you like to? Like to no, 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 no. Play? I'll let you handle it this time around. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. Go right ahead. I think I have uh, voiced my opinions on that game enough. Hold on, I want to hear Alex's opinion. Yeah, I mean, by all means. I, I mean, I'm going to talk about how great this game is. So if you guys want to talk about the negative aspects of it. I think it's a great way to balance it out. My problem with it isn't that it's a bad game or anything like that necessarily. It's like if you, it's that trying to get a hundred percent in that game is laughably like just, just frustrating. Terribly designed, one hundred percent. Go, go jump off a bridge. You're better. You know, it's like it's, there's no intuition to find stuff at all. That's, that's like you're the just, best way to put it. That is literally the best word you could choose. You're just jumping around at like random style. Like maybe there's one over here. Maybe yep. there's one over here. Who the or, hell knows? or when you jump off, you jump off into a pit, hoping that it's not actually a pit, and then you just die, <laughs> and you're like, all right, well I can go fuck myself. So that's <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that was clearly my fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me pull up the date on this. I believe it was '94. Now that we've shat all over your game, tell us. Oh no, I know. I, I knew we were going to. I just, I thought, I just thought it'd be a perfect title to talk about because I know everybody's such a big fan. So Donkey Kong Country is for Super Nintendo. Uh, it came out in 1994. Uh, this game has an. I'll be honest. I think the soundtrack is really, really good, um, especially the introduction music. Um, some of the music throughout the game as well is really, really good. And I actually watched one of your videos, Alex. Uh, the one t- it was like best Super Nintendo water music. I think is what it's called, something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, <laughs> that's a good one. The- the water music in this game is fantastic. I, I think it's really, really good. It sets a good tone for the level. It, it, it creates kind of this sense of kind of, I don't, I don't want to say like chilly, or, but kind of cold, if you will. So right. uh, I think the music is, is really, really good, especially um, one of the things I noticed is like 
if I died and had to go back to like the the main menu, the the music that's there kind of like encourages you to play again, which is really bizarre for such an old game to to kind of capture that. But um, so Donkey Kong Country is a uh, platform I said came out in 1994 for Super Nintendo. Uh, you play as Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong intermittently. You can switch whenever you want to um, to use them for a variety of different uses. Um, when you the the purpose of having both of them or one of the reasons is if you get hit uh, that monkey or ape will uh, dissipate for the time being and then you play as the other one if you get hit again then you just die uh, you can get the other one back throughout the levels by breaking certain barrels uh, that, ha- that are marked with DK um, so the overall gameplay is it's pretty cool um, the mechanics of the objects you interact with they're pretty pretty cool you can pick up barrels you can throw them at objects you can throw them at creatures uh, there are tires that are throughout the game that you can move and you can use them to bounce higher kind of like the springs in, Super, in the Super Mario series um, additionally, there are, this is kind of what Blake and Alex were hinting at, is the hidden areas and, and 100%ing. So in each level, there are, uh, not every level, there's animal, animal coins, correct? Those are only in specific levels. The animal coins, the frog, um, what is it called? I can't think of the, the name Tokens? of the animal. Yeah, but there's different, there's three different ones. Um, there's, like there's the, the frog, frog there's the ostrich, and the rhino. Ostrich, that's it. And the swordfish. Oh, so there's four, Okay. Swordfish. Why do I keep saying dolphin? It's a fucking swordfish. <laughs> um, so yeah, throughout the, throughout uh, the levels there are these coins, and if you collect them, you get a bonus level. And the bonus levels are pretty cool. It's basically just this big ass map with a ton of coins on it. Uh, the coins are specific to whatever uh, whatever set of coins you collected. So if you collected all the swordfish, I almost said dolphin again. If you collect all the swordfish, then you go to a bonus level where you ride a swordfish around and collect coins. And for Aren't every hundred stars, points, not coins. Well, in the bonus levels, they are um, they're icons of the specific animal. So it's like swordfish or frogs or rhinos or whatever. You Aren't know what I'm you collecting stars to get the points there, though? And then oh, the yeah, symbol, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And whatever. then you find the coins in there, the tokens or whatever you want to call them, of the animals, and those give you like bonus points or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah, that's correct. Sorry, I was trying trying to figure what you're saying. Uh, so yeah, additionally, the, in each level, you can spell out the word Kong. And this is one of the more irritating things about this game. Um, throughout the level, so you don't know where any of them are. Obviously, in the early levels, it's really easy to identify where they are, and you can collect them, and you get you get a bunch of stuff for it. Or you don't get a bunch of stuff. You get an extra life, and you continue forward. But it's when you get to a level, and you start progressing through it, and you get the O first. And you're like, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <I never laughs> you're like, where did I even miss something? Yeah, so that was... Oh, man, there was one level in particular. I got the N first. And I was like, there's no <laughs> fucking way. Like, how did I miss two letters? Two letters. I was like, alright, well, um, I, I gave up on getting all of it for every single level, so I just progressed through it. Um, so there are different types of levels. Uh, the first levels are obviously like jungle types. They're just basic platformers with pitfalls. Um, there are there's a mechanic in the game with barrels. So when you jump into a barrel, uh, they could do a variety of things from spinning, while uh, spinning like in a full circle, a half circle, and they can move faster or slower depending on how far you're in the game. Barrels can actually move vertically, vertically, diagonally, horizontally while spinning, or they don't have to additionally. So it could be just a single mechanic. And then the hardest part about this is a lot of times what you're doing is you're trying to aim yourself to land on an object, a platform, or a creature to continue throughout the, the rest of the level. The problem becomes when you are in a moving barrel while you're trying to shoot yourself into another object that is moving, like another barrel. 
And those can obviously cause complications, especially later on in the game when the barrels start moving faster and faster, and it's harder to time it. Not um, to mention when they start introducing enemies in between the barrels so that you not yeah, are, like the you're bees. not only waiting for the barrels to line up, but you're also waiting for the bee to not be in the fucking way. And that's what I was going to say is one of the things I noticed about this game is if you have a high amount of patience, it's not that hard. So it was really, really hard for me because I would just be like, fuck it, I can make it, the bee won't hit me, and then I would just die and die and die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there are a variety of creatures in the game. The bees are my favorite. I just think they're awesome looking. There's red and yellow bees. The red bees move faster than the yellow bees, and they're just cool looking. I don't know. They're just bees with spikes, essentially. Uh, the other level types, there's there's the water level, which we were talking about before. Um, and it, throughout the levels, you can ride animals. Like, you can ride uh, the, the coins that you collect represent animals you can obtain. And for specifically, the swordfish and the water levels makes those levels so much more enjoyable because it allows you to move faster. You can actually kill enemies that you wouldn't otherwise be able to kill unless you had an object to throw at them. And so that's kind of the essence of the game. You kind of go through a variety of levels, and then there's boss battles at the end of each area. Uh, Blake and Alex were talking about the 100%ing or getting everything throughout the game, and that is just not worth it. Like, there's just, there's no fucking way. There, I, I would never waste the amount of time that it would take to do it. You'll probably need a guide to find, a, like, the last five or so percent, maybe a little bit less if you're really diligent about searching for them yourself. But there are so many little secret areas that just don't quite make sense on how you're supposed to discover them. I think the worst one in the game is that it's literally the only one like this where there is a secret room in a secret room. Yep, exactly. It's just uh, I actually did know about that, so that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and there is really one room in the entire game. It's in one of the factory stages later on, where you have uh, you have to go into the room and then you have to I think you have to bring a barrel in there with you. Or, no, 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 no. You can get a barrel from the minigame in that room, and then you have to use that barrel to get through the room into the next minigame. Yeah, and then the other – some of the other level types. Yeah. Um, uh, some, one of the most iconic ones for this specific title is the rail car when you're yep. riding through the, the, the mine shaft. On, and that is unbelievably frustrating because it's so easy to die if you jump even a half second too early, you fall short. Oh man, Th that level, and I actually think the the scenes where you have the lanterns that change color, uh, you know what I'm talking about, where it's really dark and then it flickers from green to red. I found you've that actually like a, kind of. You've got like oh, a go timer to get to the next part. Yeah, like that it's, was kind of scary. It is yeah. actually kind of horrifying when you're doing yeah. it. Yeah, like it's it makes you kind of nervous. I don't know. But um, overall, I mean, the game the game's pretty fun. I mean, it's a platformer. You, you can't expect too much. It, the only thing is like like they were talking about, trying to get all the achievements, trying to get everything done. is like incredibly frustrating. Um, but the music, again, is just fantastic. So I, I enjoyed playing it again. It's funny because yeah. uh, I just played, or, or a couple months ago, I finished playing through Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for Wii U. And like, it sounds like the mechanics are exactly 100% the same, except for, like, it's not ridiculous to find all the letters and stuff. But, uh... But I did not like Donkey Kong Country on Super Nintendo. I mean, I don't remember anything about it. All I remember is not liking Donkey Kong Country for Super Nintendo. But I did like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze a lot. Just to give an explanation or an example of how frustrating this game was, my brother, I got it for him for an SP, the Game Boy SP, like several years ago. And oh, the Advance? Uh, no, the SP, like, it was, like, the little square one that just, like, folded open, kind of like a flip phone. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that, like that was an Advance, right? 
Oh, well, yeah, I think Advanced, so. Advanced um, do you remember how durable those were? I never owned one. Oh, okay. They were really durable. Like, you could drop the shit out of that thing and it would not break. He got so frustrated one time, he ripped it in half. Because he was just so <laughs> mad at the country. Yeah, so. I one think about Donkey Oh, sorry. One, one thing okay. about Donkey Kong Country, I, I think, uh, has to be noted as well, is that oftentimes when I'm playing that, I will get, I will deliberately, as soon as I get Diddy, I'm, I'm offing Donkey Kong, or I, or I, or I'm switching, <laughs> or I'm doing whatever I can yeah. to get away from Donkey Kong, because he's so slow and lumbering, and there's no, like, momentum when you're playing as him. Um, whereas with Diddy, it's, <laughs> whereas with Diddy, he's like so much quicker and he's, mm-hmm. he's quicker to jump, quicker in the air. He's just so much easier to control. I can't stand playing as Donkey Kong. I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel exactly the same way. I think everyone does. The only time I would use Donkey Kong is when I need him for yeah. specific enemies and stuff. Against the, the big dudes that yeah. can't be. Oh, yeah, the giant, the armored crocodiles, or whatever. Yeah. Ripped guys, yeah. Work out, bro. I do. That's my, that's my spirit animal right there. I do. <laughs> Donkey Kong's your spirit animal? No, no, no. Those alligators. Those ripped-ass alligators. Come on, Robert. Oh, Donkey Kong's mine. Is it? Yeah, because I, like, I just love like, being I thought naked Goofy was only wearing a tie. Animal. Well, Goofy's my like <laughs> hero. Oh, my God. <laughs> you brought it up, all right? Yeah, that was this really creepy, though. Well, that's goofy. All right, so your game sucks. Yep. I'm talking about top threes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've got two top threes this time. We said a while back on the podcast that if somebody sends in their top three, I don't even remember how we got here, but we said if somebody sends in their top three favorite breakfasts, we'll do ours. And someone did send in their top three favorite breakfasts, so we're going to do ours. Uh, that person, I'll go ahead and read hers. It was Core of Brie on Twitter. She says, best breakfast. Number three, McD's breakfast burrito. Ooh. Number two, yeah, I don't know about that. Number two, no, waffles. Good. No, I don't. I, breakfast burrito. Like the con- like the concept makes me like. I eat a breakfast burrito every day. makes my stomach hurt. If really? You're ridiculous. Burrito makes your stomach You're hurt. You're ridiculous. You need to I have had one. I hate, I had to eat one in the airport like two weeks ago. Had At the airport. Eat. That's an airport. You're doing Actually, it Actually, airport food has gone up crazy amounts lately. They have no, some like, nut money restaurants now. No, I yeah, don't. There's some, actually, there's some not bad. Re- I mean, if you go to the right place, there's some good airport food. There's but this badass Mexican restaurant. It's not something I would want from, a, from an airport. Well, I didn't want it. Trust me, I did not want it either. But there were very few options. So right, anyway, anyway, breakfast burritos need to die but anyway number two waffles with fresh fruit number one french toast with powdered sugar fresh fruit and syrup jesus those are you. okay I th- huh sounds nuts what? actually i say i mean those are pretty fresh. good mm-hmm. but i mean those would be like my top 10 maybe except for the burrito oh my god i don't know good. maybe top 15 but they're good they're not right. bad but they're not great um, so let's go through and do our top three favorite or our top three best breakfast, favorite breakfast, however you want to say it. Uh, I guess I'll start my number three. One of my friend or not a friend, but a, a guy I knew in college, his dad every morning for breakfast had 
orange juice and rum. Oh my god! What? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I like this I guy. <laughs> uh, okay, my number three is a patty melt. Patty melt. Yeah. Patty melt. Can you explain that? I I, I know I've heard the you know, term before. Us. You don't know what a patty melt is? Is that what you're saying? Off the top of my head, no. It's like a hamburger. It's like a really greasy hamburger, but it's on toast instead of like a hamburger oh, bun. Oh, that's weird to him, but a breakfast burrito. Or I'm sorry, that's normal to you, but a breakfast burrito is like, yeah, okay. I didn't say it was normal. I said it was good for breakfast. Especially, like, I used to have a lot of, like, I used to do this, uh, like, back, like, a long time ago, hanging out with my friends. Like, if we were hungover one morning, we'd go to, like, uh, some, you know, cafe type place, and I would get a patty melt and. Under those circumstances, they were fantastic. They are still very good for breakfast. Patty melts are a good thing early. It looks in- really good. I mean, mind you, it looks amazing, actually. Oh, and it tastes amazing, too. I'm telling you. You're right. I mean, it looks, it looks like good. a grilled cheese with hamburger meat in the middle. Normally, they put it on kind of like rye or something like that, so it's not just straight-up white bread. I feel like sourdough that kind of helps a little bit. Or Texas sourdough. Toast. I think that, I think that's pretty common. Not no, not not Texas toast. That's too much butter. If you're going there, that's too far. You're taking it too far. Butter. Scale it back a little bit. Butter. Bring it back just a little bit. All right, I'm sorry. So patty melt. That's my number three. You're making me fucking uh, hungry. God. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, I'm hungry yeah. every pretty much. Alex, Ooh. number three. What's your number three favorite breakfast food? I only. I'm one of those uh, boring people that eats the exact same thing. Every single day. Me too. Oh my morning. God, I love so you're going to give us like three parts of the <laughs> same meal? Yeah. So, yeah, I'll just say a banana. Three different types of cereal. Here it comes. Oh, come on. <laughs> banana and what to drink, though? Orange juice, coffee? No, that's his number two. That's his number drink. two. Shut up. Yeah, that'll be my number two. <laughs> uh, Blake, what you got? Um, I can't actually remember what my number three was supposed to be. Uh, so let's just do honorable mention to pancakes and French toast. Uh, waffles Those are good, but suck. but oh oh you know what? Right, go, ahead, oh, go, man. Ahead, go ahead. Hold on, I I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to think. Uh, between these items, what I want to do here? All right, I'm gonna go with number three, a breakfast burrito. Fuck yourself, Robert. <laughs> I love you, Blake. This is why Especially the breakfast burritos at this one place, uh, this one Mexican restaurant near us. You get it with sausage, egg, uh, cheese, and chorizo, and it's just fantastic. Okay, that sounds okay. I can get I can stuff get is amazing. That. that sounds all right. I'm t- I'm thinking mostly like fast food breakfast burritos. No, dude, I'm talking about homemade. I don't I don't buy breakfast anywhere. I only make shit at home. God. Okay. That's all right. That's so you're gonna hate my reasonable. number three, Robert. Just so you know. Okay. Breakfast so burrito. this is one of the things that I eat. No, this is one of the things I eat, which is usually a very oaty, grainy cereal and coffee. It is amazing. Like, What's actually, because it it's like the cereal, uh, oh, ancient grains, I think is what it's called. It's like kind of sugary, that but all right. it's nuts because like you, you try to tone down the amount of sugar that's in the cereal so that your coffee, like, so it's not double sugar essentially. And it's just really good. Oh, like, you coffee, put sugar in your coffee? Dude. Yeah, a little bit. Not a lot. I like black coffee too, actually. But I mix it up. So that's my number three. Okay. All right. All right. That's good. No, I, I'm I, I can I'm down with that. Like I eat oatmeal almost every morning for breakfast. I I want to eat oatmeal really. I actually do because it's really fucking good for you. Yes. Yeah. You know I've started drinking oatmeal instead of like really that eating, sounds yeah, pretty good. It takes so long to heat it up and then let it cool down and then eat the whole thing. So yeah. what you do is you grind it up real fine in a like coffee grinder. 
like and then you put it in like a mixer bottle and just like shake it up real good and just drink it. It's a little bit grainy, but it, it's it's like it's a lot faster than just eating. Like it takes like thirty oh. minutes from start to finish to eat oatmeal. <sighs> this takes like thirty seconds. Mmm, good oatmeal. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you're, I'm not doing it because I think it tastes amazing. Doing shots of oatmeal in the morning. <laughs> well, no, I put it. It's like twelve ounces of water, so like it takes like you know a couple minutes to drink. It's it saves time. Time is money, Blake. Oh my God! Stop talking, Robert. <laughs> All right, number two. Uh, I almost read Core Breeze instead of my own. Oh, number two. Okay, this is almost a shoe in, but I, I I don't think it's gonna be on everybody's list. Donuts. Oh. Okay. I mean, you, you I, could almost. Why is that a donut? Why is yeah. that a breakfast thing? I I really don't get that. Why I don't is know. That it's more. I honestly dessert. don't know, but I'm glad. <laughs> okay. Because they're so I like donuts, but God, they're give awesome. me a specific donut, Robert. I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. Okay, have you guys? Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you two things. Have you guys ever had a sour cream donut? No, that sounds no. awful. It no. sounds awful, but it's not. It doesn't actually taste like sour cream. It tastes nothing whatsoever like sour cream. I don't even know why it's called that, but they're called sour cream donuts. They're similar to glazed donuts, which I don't care for, but they're like more. Like they're like cakey and not so like uh like they're not like Krispy Kreme style. It's like more of a cake donut, and it's kind of like as if you had a cake donut and the glaze was going all the way through the whole thing. They are amazing. But besides that, like anything, uh, besides that, I say like the more colorful it is, the better it probably is. Really? Like there's just, I like plain chocolate just, with sprinkles. That sounds nuts. That's that's all right. I mean that, that's pretty good. That's a good one. Chocolate donuts, those are good. I like – there's a place by me that has like uh, like kind of like a vanilla white icing and then they do like chocolate stripes on it. That's amazing. They do it the other way around also. Like I hate chocolate with like vanilla stripes anything going back and forth. Yeah, I don't like them filled with anything. Uh, it, at, uh, there's this – you may have heard of it. There's this kind of famous donut place in Portland called Voodoo Donuts and I've, I went there one time and had like – they have huge – they have donuts that are like the size of three donuts, and I had one with like bubblegum icing. It Ew. was awesome. That's It was awesome. good. No, it was good. I'm good. I'll but I will say that I do not like Krispy Kreme. They are a one-trick pony. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Get them out of here, please. Have you guys heard of uh, Voodoo Donut? Didn't Robert just Yeah, I, was, I, just, I just said that. Okay, all right. Sorry, I – my lady came home with some ice cream, so I had a bubblegum donut from Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, yeah. All right, I wasn't sorry. Um, yeah, they're like they're big here actually in Denver, and I didn't know. Oh, that I didn't until, know that. Until, uh, I didn't know this until like two years ago, I think, when we went to Pax Prime, and there was actually one in Seattle as well. And so some of our friends picked up some one day and came back, and they were like, oh, my God, you guys are so lucky that you have this back at Denver. And we're like, we have a what? <laughs> so, yeah, they've got – I don't know. They're okay donuts. I'm not a huge fan of it. Oh, and dude, it, what kind did you have, though? I don't remember. I think I had the Captain Crunch covered one. Oh, uh, okay. What? Was it yes. Good? Here, um, let me link this up to you. Yeah, Jay, I remember so seeing one of those. They're so out. big. You can't you can't tell from the picture sometimes. But they, they are, are Freaking huge. And like, I, all right, so look at the – around the top right, you'll see there, uh, for anybody playing along at home, you can go to VoodooDonut.com. It's donut spelled the old-fashioned way on the – Yeah, D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T. And if, at the top right, you can see the one that's covered in Captain Crunch. 
and just compare the size of the Captain Crunch pieces there and think about how big that would be in person. The thing it's like a stoner's huge. paradise right here. Literally. It, just it is. Paradise. It really is, yeah. Like I was at a conference and there was this one table there that were like that they had some uh uh some donuts from this place and like they had cut one into like ten pieces and it was like enough for somebody to come up and have a big bite of it. Hey, if you if you go to go here and scroll down like uh a third or like no yeah about halfway down the page and you'll see the the bubblegum donut is pink. By the way, those those aren't just Captain Crunch pieces; those are Crunch Berries on there. Yeah, watch yeah, your mouth. Got the crunch oh, getting called out. Yeah. They've got the blueberry ones and whatever. They, they have a cock and balls donut. <laughs> I'm not joking. Do a control F for that, and there's actually just a donut that looks like a dick. That's awesome. Anyway. Alright. Moving yeah, anyway, forward. Yeah, anyway, alright. So. That's enough of that. Uh, Alex, number two, what you got? Black coffee. Nice. Okay. There you go, Robert. Could, that's good. That's a good one. Bore, boring as shit, I know. I don't care. <laughs> no, that's a solid Black answer. coffee is the best kind of coffee. Robert, I got to say, I kind of regret asking you to be specific about the donuts. That was like a 10-minute talk about donuts. <laughs> <laughs> what are you You're good at that. You're good. I'm good at that, I'll say. <laughs> and, then, and then Alex is like, black coffee. Black coffee. <laughs> Next. Here's this website where you can buy black coffee and <laughs> <laughs> It's called Black Coffee. Coffee.com. Go figure. <laughs> um, all right. Is it my number two now? Or? I think sure. So. Okay. Did you go yet, Jay? No, no but it's fine. Last. Go ahead. Okay. No, Jay, go. Okay. Uh, Jay. Jay. Number two, bagels. Uh, bagels with oh, a bet. variety of things. Cream cheese. Uh, I do lox, which is like raw – or not raw fish, but fish. Uh, salmon, tomatoes, capers, anything. Cracked pepper, uh, onions, Man, oh, you get so much chicken bagels. Okay. Oh yeah, like if I get bagels, I usually will get like a variety of things and try different things. And like there's some crazy stuff. Like my girlfriend, she'll she'll make both halves of the bagel and then push them together and then put them back together like a sandwich. Is this, is this a euphemism? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Blake, go. My number two. Um, I was thinking about cereal at first, but instead I want to go with one of my all-time favorite foods. Period, which is toast. Just toast? Is just that a toast. brand? Wheat toast or white toast? Wheat. Butter? Butter or like that flavored um, chip? Uh, butter or Jam. cinnamon? Like cinnamon toast? Yeah, cinnamon. Oh yeah, now you're talking. Gotta get cinnamon. Yeah, cinnamon on. toast is pretty nice. Okay, you're back with me. Uh, uh, and jam? peanut butter toast as well. Oh, peanut butter yes. toast is nice. that? Oh, that's good. Breakfast that's though. Good. You ever put the I, butter on and then peanut butter on top of it? I mean, I don't no. do breakfast that often, but. You could do the peanut butter toast. Like if you have a, a bowl of cereal with that, you've got milk right there to help wash that uh, peanut butter down. Dude, peanut so. butter and milk is nuts. I usually eat PB and J with milk. My roommate ate yeah. PB and J and chips and salsa the other day. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Right, thank, you. thank you, thank you. That's what I said. No, it was like fucking stoner <laughs> o'clock. It was like okay. one in the morning, but it was still like, you know, you see that you're like, what? No. Yeah, I don't know about that. All right, Robert. What was your number two? All right, Did you number say one. Okay. Yeah, donuts is number two. Number one is biscuits and gravy. Ugh, I think it's the most overrated pile of shit ever. It's so gross. Have you ever had it? Yes, Dude. I've had it. It's fucking disgusting. What's not yeah. good about Dude, it? I don't know. That I, I don't. I don't bread. like gravy, and I hate wet bread. Wet bread grosses me You don't like me gravy? Out. I don't like gravy. I don't like gravy, and I don't like wet bread. Like, well, I it doesn't really get disgusting. wet. I mean, like, 
Biscuits are thick enough to where it doesn't just like soak yeah. through and turn it into like a wet biscuit. If you said biscuits, I'd be like, all right, cool. Biscuits gravy? No way. Not even. All right. That's Sorry. that's all right. Uh, Alex, number one, what's your favorite breakfast ever? Water. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> an apple. An apple. Waking up. Yeah. Printer paper. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I usually have this, uh, 0% Greek yogurt and then I pour, I like dig a hole in the middle and then I pour a bunch of honey and I mix it all together. I, I, I get that, why like, couldn't all your answers be like this? This is actually sounding amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's my, I have a really wimpy stomach. I can't handle a lot, especially not in the morning. So that that's, that's all about all I can handle in the mornings is just Greek yogurt with honey. Surprised even the yogurt's okay because that's like you know dairy and whatnot. Oh no, it it has that. Uh, what do you call it? Probiotic crap. Active, yeah, people, active. Yeah, yogurt yeah, really helps some people's stomachs. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, who's next? Who wants to go last? Or not last. Jay's next. Uh, I the thing that I eat like ninety nine percent of the time is breakfast burritos, Robert. So you can go fuck yourself. Um, I basically, the cool thing is that I always put eggs in it. I have the good tortillas and then I'll put like leftover shit that, that we had the last couple of days. Like rice is really good. Usually, um, bell peppers, mushrooms, onions, sriracha is bananas. I don't usually put cheese. I'm not a big cheese person, but dude, like whatever you have, like you have leftovers. You're like, Oh, I like the other night I made uh spicy chicken sandwiches using, um, Anaheim peppers, which are like spicy and I cook them on the grill through that in there. Fantastic. Like whatever left, whatever is left over is just. It's going in the pan. No question. Cool. All right. That's all right. That's, That's quality. Yeah. 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 Blake, why don't you finish all right. off? Um, people that know me aren't going to be surprised by this. I think I've part of me felt like I had to say this is my last one, but I'm making it a little bit more general than that. Even, uh, McMuffins and, oh, uh, McGriddles, like a lot of the stuff on the McDonald's breakfast menu, but especially McMuffins. And then a runner up behind that is McGriddles. It's just a muffin. I was waiting for it to come in. With, uh, yeah, me too. Is it in yet? <laughs> oh, it's in right now. Ooh, baby. Oh, yeah. And it's, um, it's just off. a thing of sausage, a, a sausage patty with some cheese and a fried egg. And you just slap it together, some buttered, uh, buttered, muff, butter the muffin top and bottom. And just eat that shit. And then, um, like McGriddles. Eat that shit. Eat that shit. If all right, here's here's a little a little life hack for anybody going to McDonald's <laughs> to get some breakfast. When you get the McGriddle, don't get the sponge egg. Ask specifically for the round egg because they'll upgrade you to that for free. It's no extra charge, and it's a lot better than that spongy square piece of crap that they put on the McGriddle. The McGriddle's like it's got this little. It's like the bread is soaked in syrup. Basically, it's dessert. It's dessert for breakfast. It's like a donut, but better because there's also meat and shit. That's why it's right. the best. I never liked egg McMuffins. Really? You're a bitch. You know that? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like know the bacon egg and cheese. Those are pretty nice. I do like the bacon egg and cheese. That's the only thing, pretty much, that I like. I don't. The last time I had McDonald's was like 15 years ago, but I will say they got good bacon egg and cheese biscuits. I used to and then r- obvious ones, guys. Cold pizza. Fuck you, Blake. <laughs> Who heats up old pizza? Like, where were you raised? A cave? All right, like, look. That, that's disgusting. A cold cave pizza. wouldn't even have a thing for <laughs> eating. Uh, you have fire. Cold. Blake, you could have fire. 
Caveman you can have fire right on. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to say that. This is this is a children's show. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> So we were having oh, this man. debate I'll earlier. This came up. This debate came up earlier. Blake doesn't think it's acceptable to eat cold pizza. Jay thinks it's, it's great. Acceptable. I'm in the middle. I'm like, there's a difference between acceptable and uh, um, the. I gotta say, you were not acting like you thought it was an acceptable thing to do. It's not when there's an option. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I did a poll on Twitter, and we got. 69 votes in, like, a couple hours. 83% said, it's all right to eat cold pizza. Some people were taking a few jabs at you also, uh, Blake. Everyone always does. That's America's favorite pastime. Pastime? Uh, what do we have pastime. here? Pastime. Screw, screw off baseball. Remember, cold pizza is amazing. You're bad at food. Not only acceptable, but better than warm and hot pizza. Acceptable, but definitely preferable to be reheated. Preferable, oh, I guess, is how you pronounce unless that. Unless you, okay, here's the, if, if you have hot wings, hot wings are better reheated. But the best part to do, or best thing to do, put the hot wings on the pizza, then reheat it. Because then the juices fall off and fall on your pizza. Fucking nice. Alright, that makes sense. That I makes packs. sense. Thanks. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you were cool, it was cool until you said that. Robert, you mad, bro? All right, are we going to get to our real top three now? Let's talk about video games some more. Video games. This list is too hard. I, I honestly don't even know where I'm going to go with this one. I still don't. This list is too hard. Like, wh so, wh we're amateurs. All right, so real quick, our list was supposed to be top three things we dislike about point-and-click adventure games because we did RPGs last time. This time we decided to do point-and-clicks. Even though I like point-and-clicks a lot, there are some things that go wrong with them sometimes. So... That was a plan. We'll do that. We'll, we, it was supposed to be for the last episode also. We had to push it back then, too. We're going to do this for next time. So next week, <laughs> or next episode, will be top three things we don't like about point-and-click adventure games. Get hyped for false starts, everybody. Woo! Get hyped for it. This time, we decided to switch it up since we've got Alex on the show. We're doing... We've already done our top three favorite Super Nintendo games. We did that a while back. This time, we're doing top three most important... Super Nintendo games, and that's kind of vague, but we're, I just kind of, we just kind of decided that we would each interpret that however we wanted. It could be most influential or most, uh, like, representative of the Super Nintendo, or whatever you, however you want to define important, that's what we're going with. And whatever we say, everybody else is going to criticize it. That, that's my favorite part about this. Probably, but that's cool. We decided not <laughs> to include two of the most obvious ones that would probably be on all of our lists, which are Super Mario World and Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. Yeah. I feel like both of those... So, like, Super Mario World, for instance, like, right out of the gate, as soon as Super Nintendo was released, it kind of showed us what the Super Nintendo is capable of, what platformers can be. Uh, it looked amazing. It played amazing. It was, like, the perfect follow-up to, to the Mario series and did a great job of showcasing what the Super Nintendo was capable of. I feel like uh, uh, A Link to the Past basically did the exact thing analogous for the Zelda Legend of Zelda series. 
So we decided that those would kind of be our shoe-in obvious ones, and we're not going to discuss those too much. So we're coming up with three each outside of those two. I actually had, excuse me, I had kind of another thing to go with Link to the Past. Part of the reason that I was considering it so avidly is that for me, uh, Link to the Past and Super Metroid both filled kind of a niche that we hadn't really seen on consoles to that point, uh, especially not done as well as this. I was going to say, in that they were both. These open world puzzle, exper- excuse me, puzzle experiences where there's just like some sort of mystery in every screen that you're going to walk into. There's some wall to bomb. There's some treasure chest to find. There's some hole to dig up where there's something hiding there. There's all these secrets everywhere. And it's just fun to go around and explore these places. And I think that uh, really opened up that kind of a genre um, to a much different world. And they and both like did the it very, very different. Yeah, yeah. graphically, they were both incredible games. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. This is a tough list. Can we do, like, top 30? Is that that a thing? (laughs) I don't even... Seriously. Um, Did we want to put FF6 into the honorable mentions list? Yeah. I'm fine with that, because, I mean, I think either either, either you or I are going to say that, maybe even Alex, I don't know, but... This is one of the lists that I... I think I would struggle with this more than, like, Top three Metal Gear Solid games of all time, or something like this. It's up to you guys. Like I haven't, I haven't played it yet, so I can't really speak to that. FF six. Yeah. Oh my god, it was fucking fantastic. I might play this. (laughs) So you want to leave it in or give it? Take it out. I think it's obvious. Yeah, I'd say take it out. I mean, it's for me. It's not a choice because it just kind of like it it set the stage for what ff7 did later which was taking this one kind of especially at the time it mastered i feel like the narrative story driven experience for the super nintendo and it paved the way for stuff like um uh final fantasy 7 later on and so on and nine i mean okay. like honestly seven and nine both led from that and if you don't take it off it also helps reduce my list but yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then, I mean, okay. we talked about this a bit earlier. I, I guess, you know, we'll come to it when it's on your list, Jay, so we'll just leave it in, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually took it off. I actually took it off. So. Really? Okay. Um, I actually don't what feel like we... Chrono Trigger belongs on here. As much as I love the game, I don't feel like that it was important to video games overall. Uh, what I kind of based my list off of is a lot of stuff that had a lasting, long-term effect <laughs> On video games, but the and thing was, it set such a high bar. That's, that's it set the a very high bar, but yeah. no one goes for that bar anymore. Really, it's a very different bar. Yeah, to see, I guess we'll put. It's this. It's this experience, which is it's a very old school style experience of the silent protagonist and developing a world and doing storytelling based around that. And the game does that basically perfectly. But we don't see the silent protagonist that much anymore, especially in JRPGs, especially uh, specifically. We still see it until Fallout Four and a lot of Western RPGs. But in those, the Western RPGs are based more around a role playing experience rather than a railroaded. Um, story-driven narrative. I would say basically the same thing for Earthbound. Even though I love oh. Earthbound, I don't feel like it was in any way yes, influential, really. So that's not going to be on my list, even though I love That was on mine until now. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> hey, <we're> <laughs> no, no, no. Keep, you can, you can leave it, it on and tell uh, me why you You leave it on, and we'll talk about it, it more when you get to okay. yours. Yeah, just leave it on. Yeah. All right, I want to hear... 
I want to let Alex wrap up this one, so I'm gonna let him go okay. last because I'm most interested in hearing his. Uh, who wants to go first? I can go first. I, I don't mind. All right. Okay. Um, so my first one, and this is specifically, uh, was Super Mario Kart. Super Mario Kart was fantastic. Obviously, it led into what became um, Super Mario, Mario Kart 64, which is an incredibly iconic game. And even the one for Super Nintendo was really, really fun and really good. And the multiplayer was, I, I can't tell you how many hours I spent playing this, the one for NES, I actually, or Super Nintendo. I actually played this one probably more than the N64 one, just because oh, yeah. I had this one for a lot longer, is the best way to put it. I'll go next. My number go. three. No, no, no. I'm going to go next. Gonna <laughs> this is the first time we've ever up. fought to go. Do you realize that? <laughs> I know. Well, this, I want to go next up. because mine ties into yours. My number three is actually going to be Super Mario Kart and Super Mario RPG. Oh, <laughs> Robert or Blake. Dude, shush. I've got a reason that these things go together. The reason that um, I pair these up, and I do this with another two games on this list, is because this was the first big departure um, for the Mario series. Shut up, Mario is missing. Nobody likes you. <laughs> they, this, uh, these two games really paved the way for the future of not just Mario games, but Mega Man, and even as recently as, like, uh, this coming in a, co- in a few weeks, we have fi- uh, the same thing happening with Final Fantasy, where these games are stepping out of their predefined genres where they grew up. Um, I mean, Final Fantasy grew up as an RPG, and coming up in a few weeks, we have Final Fantasy Explorers coming out, which is going to be, it's like a Monster Hunter game. It's this totally action-driven experience compared to the old menu-based um, Final Fantasy RPG games. And Mario... What? That was my yeah. number two, just so you know. So, yeah, well, you're a bitch, so it's fine. <laughs> you're small time. Don't worry about it. And for Mario, I mean, since then, we've seen, uh, like, eight different Mario Kart games. We've seen the Paper Mario series. We've got um, Mario Tennis, Mario Soccer. We've also seen Mega Man do the same thing. We've had Mega Man. Uh, we had Mega Man Soccer on the Super Nintendo. We've gotten uh, Mega Man Command Mission and Mega Man Legends. And these were, I feel like... Mario Kart and Super Mario RPG were probably the first that really opened up this idea of using the same characters, but in a completely different environment than we're used to seeing them. Just to touch on, Super Mario RPG is a great game. Fuck you, Blake. (laughs) Yeah, it is great, so... (laughs) Thanks thanks for that. I like how you're like, oh yeah, that was my number three, Jay, and now I'm going to ruin your number two. That that was like payback, (laughs) I think. We just keep ruining your list tonight, and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> I, now, I'm, now I'm struggling, so thank, thanks, Mike. <laughs> so my number three is fucking Super Mario Kart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. We, we should probably compare notes before we do this from now on, because that's awesome. That is fake. Uh, you guys... <laughs> oh, I, you guys I did not... much said it. No, I didn't either. Uh, but I mean, I guess it's really not that surprising, like, m- mostly because, like, two reasons. Well, one of what Blake said, it was, like, the first, like, deviation from the regular Mario series, pretty much. Uh, the first kart racer, it ba- it's kind of created its own subgenre. And most of all, though, it just, like, blew any other multiplayer game out of the water when it came out. Like, it was so much fun to play that game multiplayer. I spent so many hours, no other game, like, had that good of multiplayer at the time. 
and it create and it spawned such a like long lasting franchise of its own that you can't you can't deny that one. I don't think. I'm gonna be really I'll be amazed if a game is on somebody's list that surprises me. I know that sounds like a dumb thing to say, but like you know what I mean. Like I feel like there's yeah. a very set amount that you really might revel- be surprised that the whose <laughs> list the game is on. Okay, I think that's the most that we're gonna get out of this. I've got one that I don't think is super obvious, but I think when you think about it, then it kind of makes sense. But anyway, let's go to Alex. What you got for number three? Well, I think my number three is I tried to go a little off uh, the map a bit. Um, my number three is Space Megaforce, otherwise known as Super Aleste overseas. It's a, it's really, I, I think the what I've tried to do. What? Let me stop talking for a minute and collect myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> the when it comes to like most important, I thought like okay, most important within the context of the Super Nintendo at the time. And the biggest criticism at for the Super Nintendo did everything well except it could not handle shoot 'em ups like at all. Like you look at Gradius Three, horrible problems with slowdown, fragmenting, Super R Type, just terrible slowdown. Maybe the worst of any game on the system. But Super Alest or uh, Space Mega Forces was the first game that got everything right, like down to like the basic gameplay from the spacing. The speed, everything matches so that it's not, there's no unfair difficulty. Mm. There's all sorts of weapons and all that sort of stuff. And it's the first game that manages to do this and be fast and not have slowdown problems. So I don't know if it was the first actually, but it's by far the best. So that, that really, and it took me a long, I don't think I even found out about that game until like five or six years ago. I had no idea it existed back then, but it's considered by a lot of people to be the best shoot them up on the Super Nintendo, and that's pretty much why. And Yeah, yeah I'm, watching, still... uh, I'm watching a video of it on YouTube, and this is... I'm. It's impressive how well this is running with how much it's got going on. Yeah, I, I mean, there's still going to be uh, much better shoot 'em ups on Sega Genesis, on uh, PC Engine, or TurboGrafx-16. Those, the hardware on, on those systems just lends itself better to shoot 'em ups than, than the Super Nintendo ever could, but that just speaks to why... Uh, Space Megaforce is that much, you know, it's it's important, and that's why I think it's important. It's also not that hard for a shoot-em-up, huh. which I, I kind of suck at most shoot-em-ups. I think a lot so of people do. Yeah, but it's it's a pretty forgiving game, for considering. It's not easy, but it's not, like, freaking Super R-Type, where you start all the way back at the beginning of the level, no matter where you die. It's just like, why am I playing this? What was that British one that oh, I played, yeah. Robert? The British uh, powder UN game? Squadron? UN Squadron. Thing. Yeah, yeah. That game yeah. That's another one, yeah. That's early on. That Pretty good shoot em up. It's yeah, good. I remember the slowdown that on that one, balls too. Hard. We don't talk oh, about uh, these kind of games too often. I think they come up like maybe... Yeah, I wasn't huge, which, I mean, going off of what he was saying, maybe a big part of that is just that the Super Nintendo wasn't very good for him overall. It has a few shining gems, but overall it... it was not the system's strong point. Yeah. I saw I a video of a guy doing the mouse. The SNES mouse. Don't you remember that? <laughs> like the Mario I was just looking mouse? at pictures of that. Yeah. That game was fun. Oh, yeah. I, I watched a video a couple, like a month or two ago of some guy doing a no death uh, UN squadron speed run. It was pretty insane. I can't even beat that game with as many lives they give you. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was pretty intense. 
Uh, all right. Uh, I really want to say that I love that it seems like every single one of us is using different criteria for our lists. Yeah, I do. Uh, Blake, I mean, Jay. No, it's me. Uh, my number two is Earthbound, actually. Um, so the reason that this made my list was, um, obviously the gameplay was great, and like there are a lot of aspects that are really good, but a lot of those are translated to other titles as well. Specifically, what Earthbound did for me, at least in terms of setting expectations, was the uh, humorous, intricate dialogue. Uh, the dialogue in this game is fantastic. If you haven't played it, just it's just great. There's some really subtle things that are said that have a lot more meaning to it as you progress through the game, and especially if you play the game as you get older. Uh, when I played it when I, when I was first a kid, I understood very little, and then as you age and continue to play the game, it makes more and more sense, and you appreciate it more each time you play it. Just all around all right. solid. Yeah. I can see that. Just finished playing through Earthbound again earlier uh, last year, and it just doesn't get old. You could play that game yeah. a thousand it really times. It's and there's um, so much dialogue, and it's so deep. The only reason that Earthbound didn't make my list is I, my list is mostly based on what it did for gaming overall, its lasting impact, etc. And, I mean, Earthbound, it really helped pave the way for very good, quirky writing. But I don't think that that has become as much of an important thing as a lot of the other aspects. To me, argue... part of it was the replay about replayability was what added to it for me. Yeah. yeah. You could argue that maybe it... Like, I had never seen a game that had the tone that Earthbound had. Like, the not-so... You know, it's... Yeah. Look yeah. at the Super Nintendo library. Like, there's, like, stuff like Actraiser, like, your god... And, like, you know, it's just one game after another, save the princess, or you're this, like, unsmitable being or whatever. Earthbound, you're just some dude. You're a kid with a bat. You're just some dude. also happens to have the strongest psychic powers in the world. But, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Thanks, Spoiler. It's an incredibly unique setting. It does so many things that other games just don't do. And a lot of those things haven't caught on. As much as I wish they had. Stuff like the rolling HP bar system, I love. It's a great RPG mechanic. And what else uses it? Mother 3. (laughs) We don't see that anywhere else, and that deserves a lot more use than we get out of it. For sure, yeah. Alright, Blake. Oh, my number two. Alright. Robert, I'll probably just apologize for this one in advance. (laughs) I'm going with Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Uh, this game, not, not specifically on consoles, but this game overall in arcades across all of the systems that it was on, uh, it single-handedly created and carried the fighting game genre and made it a thing that was going to stick around. It was the first competitive fighting game, not specifically Turbo, but Super Street Fighter 2 overall. And we wouldn't be having Super Street Fighter 5 coming out in a few months today. We wouldn't have, uh, we probably wouldn't have Mortal Kombat. We wouldn't have, uh, Killer Instinct, Guilty Gear. None of this stuff would probably exist without Street, Super Street Fighter 2. Like, the game created an entire genre that is still alive and kicking now. You almost, and it did it very well. 
that was around the time. I mean, this isn't. It certainly wasn't the only game to do this, but uh, it was around the time when there was still like almost sort of like a 50-50 split between arcades and home consoles. Probably yeah. not quite 50-50, but arcades were still pretty big, and they so were like at the time, yeah. Yeah, and this was oh one God. of the games that was ported onto consoles, and it's like, damn, I can play this at home? Holy shit, like, <laughs> that was a kind of a big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's you know good. what? That's a very good point. It's prob- it's the game that created the fighting game on console genre, specifically. I like it. My number two is a similar game, but for a different reason. <laughs> I'm going with... Mortal Kombat 2. I almost said that. That's so funny. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the ones that was on my list originally. Yeah, I almost did have Street Fighter on my list, by the way. But uh, Mortal Kombat 2, partly for those for kind of the same reasons as Street Fighter, I, I don't feel like it was as influential in any way. I mean, like, Mortal Kombat wouldn't have been around without Street Fighter, pretty much. So definitely Street Fighter overall was the more influential game. But uh, for a different reason... Uh, Mortal Kombat 2, because this was the game that broke Nintendo's, like, everything-has-to-be-family-friendly policy. Yeah. Mortal Kombat 1 was pretty heavily censored on Super Nintendo, because they were like, no, you can't have fatalities, uh, you can't have blood. When you punch people in Mortal Kombat 1, sweat came off of them. It was just the blood was colored gray. Uh... There were there were not any graphic deaths. It was more or less like you're kind of knocking like there were some where it's like yeah clearly this guy's dead. Like Raiden would still like electrocute somebody and they would turn to dust and like their skull would rest on like their ashes. But it wasn't like gory or anything. Uh, this was kind of hilarious in some ways. Kano, his real fatality was in Mortal Kombat One. He would like punch his hand through the other person's chest and pull their heart out. And hold it up in the air while it was still beating. Uh, in the Super Nintendo version, they had the exact same animation, except there was no heart. So it was literally Kano punching somebody's chest, holding his fist there for a second, then just holding his own hand up in the air. That was a little bit ridiculous. Um, when Mortal Kombat 2 came out, however, and it was time to when they decided to release that on consoles... Super Nintendo kind of caved into the pressure of we want ultra violence in our game and they they just went all out with it and Mortal Kombat 2 on Super Nintendo was pretty much the same Mortal Kombat you had in the arcade all it had all of the fatalities and everything and nothing was censored so basically for that reason alone that's why I'm going with with Mortal Kombat 2 because it kind of broke that whole that whole idea that that Nintendo was only going to allow family friendly stuff on their console Alex, what you got? Number two. Uh, my number two is really you could go a lot of different directions to make this point, but I have Mega Man X just because it represents a, the leap that came from 8-bit gaming to six, 16-bit gaming. You could go with Contra 3. You could go with uh, Super Castlevania 4 or, you know, any any sort of continuation from an NES series. Onward, I think Mega Man X uh, is a good demonstration because the series started to get kind of stagnant on NES. Like, you, how many Mega Man games are there? Six, I think, for NES. It's, I think 
it four or five came out before Mega Man X did, and oh, then okay. it went up to six on the Nintendo, on, and then and then seven and eight came out on Super Nintendo maybe after the just, release of X. Maybe it was just me, but I was just like, okay, more Mega Man. I get the idea. You can't get any better than the second game. And no, no, I'm right there with you. For and sure. X- the original series had become very stagnant. They tried to work on some of that stuff. Like, later on, they introduced the Rush letters that you collected to get Rush's outfit. I believe that's in 5. And four even the Boy, did the, the swerve of, oh, look, you're not fighting Wily. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, <laughs> even the Game Boy games had the weird mechanics, oh, I think, God. where you actually wear the suits or something. Or you, you wear Rush, I think, I want to say, or... Um, I maybe. I know that's the, that's what the Rush letters do in 5. You get, like, Oh, okay, that's what I'm you, you strap Rush to your back, and then you can shoot out a fist as well. That's your that's attack in that suit. Ridiculous, yeah. but... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the Mega Man X just... It, not only does it look better, it sounds better. Like, it's... You've got all this new functionality. You've got these new bosses that are completely reimagined. Like, they're not just, like, Mega Man sprites, but, like, altered slightly, you know? Like, yeah. like, like uh... Like, Metal Man just is, you know, he's the same size as Mega Man. No, these are, like, monstrous sprites and all sorts of different functionality. Weapons are completely reimagined. And you can say the same thing with with Super Castlevania. Now you can whip in eight directions, and now, you know, there's all these, uh, you you fight through all these, like, monster movie bosses, like, and uh, Contra 3, same kind of thing. But, uh... Mega Man X, I think, did it the best. With uh, I definitely agree with that. I think Mega Man X made that transition the best. Like, yeah. for, I just remember all of the new things they added, like collecting the heart containers, like gearing up X and making him more powerful. Right, rather like than just you got a new yeah. different weapon and all this stuff. It's like yeah. here you can, now you can dash. Not only that, but after you collect some of this other stuff. You can go back and replay some of the other stages to use right. your new tools to get other new things. Like, yeah. that was groundbreaking for the Mega Not Man Not only series. that, but it, after you beat a certain boss, like, I think it's when you beat, uh, is it Chill Penguin? And you go back and There's into... a couple of different things that happen in those stages. Yeah, and, and it's like, everything's frozen. It's like, sweet. Yeah. You'll beat Chill Penguin, and then if you go to Flame Mammoth stage, there's no right, lava on the is. floors. Yeah. Uh, if you beat... Uh, who is it? I think Storm Eagle, and then do Spark Mandrill stage. The stage is dark. There's no sparks running along the floor. Yeah, and everything's all busted up looking. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool touches like that uh, in, yeah. throughout the first eight stages. Yeah. All right. Round of number one. Jay, why don't you well, Blake begin the cap this, off? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mario RPG, Blake, and... Go fuck yourself. I didn't. So tell me why it's on your list because we have different reasons. Um, actually, well, I'm assuming because I think we've talked about this game before. Our reasons are probably pretty similar. Um, the gameplay was amazing. I liked the variety of characters that were involved. Um, there was a good amount of backstory for each character, which was something that wasn't done too much at the time. Where it, usually it was just focused on the main character. You kind of picked up characters like Yuffie and Final Fantasy VII. Like you really didn't learn too much about them. Whereas in Super Mario RPG, you actually went through and picked each character up and learned a lot about their backstory. Um, and the one of the biggest things I liked about this game was the length of it, how long it was. Even if you were to just do, which there only really was, the main focus of the game, it was pretty freaking long, like overall. 
You sound so defeated. I'm just getting <laughs> tired. I'm sorry. Well, also, I was like, okay, well, I already said this was coming up, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Blake. All right. My number one is kind of multiple games, but only kind of. Because I'm going with Super Mario All-Stars. I when you said that just then, that. I wonder if that's what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah, I was looking I, at that. For, like... There's a very specific reason for this, and it's not a good reason exactly. Super Mario All-Stars was the first compilation game, or the first remake game, and it set off that trend, which Squaresoft kind of grabbed a hold of and ran with really hard in the later years, and then a lot of other companies have as well. We've seen Capcom start doing that. Um, it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I, Super Mario All-Stars is great. The graphical update to the old Nintendo games is fantastic. But all it was was re-released content with a new graphical skin. I'm looking at you, Last of Us HD Remake. Uh, it just slaps on this new, these new colors and everything. And while that was great, especially back then, as before emulators became such a thing, before eShops became a big deal and all this, it was nice being able to recollect those games in some way. In case you didn't have a Nintendo, and if you sold your Nintendo off in your game collection so that you could afford a Super Nintendo. And then, in the PlayStation era, we saw it start to become more and more commonplace, thanks to things like Squaresoft releasing Final Fantasy 4, 5, 6, and Chrono Trigger as two separate compilations. Chrono Jigger! <laughs> as two separate uh, <laughs> compilation games, and much, much inferior to their originals on the PlayStation. Um, they were inferior, as you will know, Robert, because of their god-awful load times. Yes. <laughs> and it was a huge mistake for Square at that time to do that. I mean, everybody was happy because, yay, look at these games that we get to play again on, on our new systems and all this. And then people played them and they had these terrible load times, and it was a huge disappointment. Terrible. And since then, I think Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6 have been re-released... I want to say it's uh, they're on their 100th mark now. So congratulations, <laughs> Square, on that one. Congratulations on the 100th. And, uh, like, that, that's just become a huge trend in a lot of places. We see the eShops across all systems picking up some of their classics. Um, the PS4 nowadays uh, just opened up their PS2 store. They've got uh, Rogue Galaxy and some other games on there for purchase. Twisted Metal Black. Etc. Um, the GBA, PSP have both been known for uh, the sheer number of times that RPGs specifically have been re-released on those. I I think there is a different version of Final Fantasy IV on the GBA, the DS, and the PSP each. Uh, Final Fantasy VI got a GBA re-release. It's just been rampant. It's something that really kind of took over for just padding out a game, a systems library in the last decade, decade and a half. And for that, thanks, I guess, Super Mario (laughs) All-Stars. Thanks, Super Mario. The thing is, though, Super (laughs) Mario All-Stars got it right, though, because Super Nintendo had another compilation of the Ninja Gaiden games, Ninja Gaiden Trilogy, and it sucks. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) <laughs> like the, the the music sounds all warped and the graphics are you know you'd think they'd look better but they just look kind of goofy. They look and, like blurred a little bit, I believe. Yeah, it's. I, I it's, think it's, they were trying to 
change like since TVs were a little bit different by the time the Super Nintendo was around, they probably just didn't translate the 8-bit graphics over very well. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Super Mario All-Stars did a really good job of it. Like I said, the visual upgrades to yeah. Super Mario Brothers 3, I find it very difficult to play the original on Nintendo Same. after playing through the uh, All-Stars version a few times. Yep. All right. Is it me? I guess it's me. My number one is sort of a... Sort of a cheap one, I guess, but I, but I wanted to give it some credit. I didn't play this a ton. I really didn't play this very much because I never owned it. I only played it at, I think I like rented it a few times and I only played it at like friends' houses and stuff. But, it's so good. Super Metroid. Uh, not, oh, I mean like, they, it's like, this is one of those games that got everything right. And really kinda, I guess it's really, I mean, under the same logic, we maybe should have just included this in the obvious ones, because I feel like it sort of does the same thing for Metroid, as we talked about Super Mario World does for Mario, and A Link to the Past does for the Zelda series. The gameplay's good, the graphics are great, the, uh, like, the whole feel of the game, like, the environment, uh, is amazing, the music's awesome, like, everything about this game is so good that I feel like this is kind of the one of the ones that, where we talk about, like, kind of like set the bar for other games of its type to try to hit this absolutely did that uh and it's definitely one of the best games for the console and for for a console that had a ton of great games that's all i got not bad not bad yeah that's kind of how i feel <laughs> i mean a game's pretty good if it more or less invents a genre right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah, I guess so. I think so. That's why Super Metroid did almost make my list. I was really close on it, and then I wanted to put it and link to the past together because they fill a very similar niche for me, but they yeah. do it in extremely, extremely different ways. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we have a genre nowadays called Metroidvania, which was created by Metroid, and then kind of rebirthed with uh, Symphony of the Night. Yep. No, dude, it's Controidvania. <laughs> <laughs> What is that monstrosity? <laughs> it's just like a breakfast burrito. It's like three different things crammed into one. <laughs> Good God. All right, Alex, I want to hear your number one most important Super Nintendo game in the history of the Super Nintendo. I think I know what it's going to be. My number one is Street Fighter 2. Because, right. um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, well, once upon a time, Super Nintendo ports were not good. Uh, if you look at, I think the the best port for a long time was probably Super Smash TV, and even that was like, all right, the controller lends itself pretty well to the gameplay, and that's you know visually it doesn't hold up that all that great. But you look at games like Pit Fighter, which might be the worst game ever made by anybody, or uh, you look at <laughs> Final Fight, which was really not a good port, very limited. All their ports early on were disappointing in some way. They were still playable. Some of them were still pretty good. But they are either disappointing like Final Fight or just an outright train wreck like Pit Fighter. The Street Fighter 2 is like the first example of like, alright, this is like the freaking arcade game. Like it's not exactly dead on, but it was like, it's vi certainly visually and, uh, yeah. and the, the sound. The, I don't think the gameplay had quite made it yet. It's, game seems kind of slow just based on my observations, but it's, it was, the first port that really, uh, I think, wasn't a disappointment. I think it was pretty much universally considered 
like, wow, we've made it. Like, we've got an arcade game at home now. Like, this is pretty effing, pretty freaking cool. <laughs> um, especially with the Mortal Kombat, well, at least on Super Nintendo. Um, I think the Genesis one was more or less okay, but the Super Nintendo Mortal Kombat port, come on. But well, And yeah. what's funny about that comparison is that uh, on the flip side, the uh, Street Fighter port to Genesis was fucking terrible because of the yeah. controller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You had to buy like the the six button controller. Like, yeah. So. It, otherwise, you you were just stuck with using three of your six attacks. Three of your Good six luck. attacks. I think you had to press start to switch between punches and kicks. Oh man. And you'd like lose track that's of what, what you're I was doing. Thinking, and, yeah. Ugh, is bad. But yeah, that's I think Street Fighter Two is is my number one. I think that's. A I good was point. actually like expecting the... it to be uh, Star Fox. Oh, you know, I could have went in that direction. I wanted to like go all like, ooh, I'm gonna do some games that nobody else did. <laughs> Nobody's gonna think of Street Fighter Two. <laughs> See, Robert usually is all about how good the old Street Fighters were and all that. So I was expecting him to have it on his list, actually. Oh, okay. It was pretty close, uh, but I didn't think like that's a good point, Alex. That it was just such a good port because there were, you know, some games where if you bought them on con- on console, it was like, all right, you know, th- this will this will do. I'll play the Super Nintendo version of this awesome arcade game for yeah. those times where I can't go to an arcade. It'll fill the right. gap. But super, but that wasn't the case with Street Fighter. It was like, yeah, this is the game. Like I don't have yeah. a reason to need to play it in the arcade. This is just as good. Right. Um, any honorable mentions that anybody wants to throw out that they didn't, that didn't make their list, but they still want to mention them real fast? Well, I mean, there was Star Fox, which was a great use yeah. of the technology of the system, which was very important for the Super Nintendo specifically. There was a, there was one game I was trying to think of. There was a good licensed game on the system, which proved that it could be done. Uh, <laughs> and I cannot Full remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, I can't remember what it was now though. Um, try and look through a list here really quick. No, it wasn't Beethoven. Um, <laughs> mm, this is gonna frustrate me for a while. Yeah, me too. Now I'm really wanting to know what you the the Super Star Wars games were pretty good. I think that's what it was. It was the Star Wars games. Yeah. Okay. Which there were one or two of those in particular that was that were really good, right? Uh, uh, I, I feel like the decent. are they all good? Yeah, they're, yeah. I mean, they they do a decent job representing the movie. They're pretty. They're probably three of the hardest games on the Super Nintendo for sure. Yeah. But. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the Ninja Turtles one was pretty good too. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yep. Very good ones. Uh, the Dragon Ball Z fighting games on there are pretty sick. Uh, Hyperdimension specifically was really, oh, really good. Yeah. Yeah, Hyperdimension is the one where you're like floating around in the sky, right? I played that one. That one's awesome. Um, I think you can do that in all of them, but I believe oh. Hyperdimension had the best design out of them. Like it had almost watercolor-looking art. Yeah. Sort of. It it wasn't quite as bright as the show. It was a bit more uh, toned down, and it looked really, really good. The only one that I'll, the only other one that I'll throw out is, uh, SimCity. Because, like, I feel like that was kind of the most complex 
console game at that point. Like, there wasn't any other game like SimCity that had been on consoles. Uh, no real Sim-like game. Definitely. And that was really the first of its kind, again, on consoles. So that, that was another one that I would have, that I would like to give a mention to. Sure. That, I guess that does it for our lists. I get. I mean, there's a lot good. of other good games, but I don't know that there are any others. Not that I'm finding that are that I would say are really important so far. What about Lion King, guys? Ooh, that game was one of the most <laughs> yeah. frustrating games of all time. Aladdin <laughs> was good. Uh, right, Aladdin. Don't you think so? Aladdin was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think it was actually Aladdin. That was the license game I was okay. trying to find. Because <laughs> yeah, I good. strictly remember that now because both versions of Aladdin were different, but I remember yeah. both of them being good. They were both very different games, completely different, in fact. But I think both of them were pretty good, and it was surprising that we could have a good licensed game after all of the terrible X-Men games I played as a kid. <laughs> oh... Well, good list. Everybody gets everybody gets a gold star from me. Nice. Me. Good Great job. Good, good. Yes. I'm going to keep points. that gold star and use it later. There you go. Yeah, you can you can redeem that for whatever you want. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I guess that does it. We didn't have any emails this time. So everybody, be sure to send in emails to mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. As usual, we don't even care what you write in about. Just send us an email. <laughs> Say fuck, Robert. That's what I do. That's fine. Yeah, Not nobody has sent that in. Nobody has sent in "fuck you" or "fuck Robert" yet. By the way, and I used to like say, "Steven, yeah. just say that, and I'll read it." But nobody's actually said that. Kind of gives you an idea of how charming I am in some way. <laughs> but aside from that, uh, leave us awesome reviews on iTunes. I got an email. I gotta go write Robert. One second. <laughs> uh, follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Class Gamescast. Follow Alex. Or check out his YouTube channel, like it, follow it, subscribe to it, do all that kind of stuff. YouTube.com slash SNESDrunk. Uh, again, I'll just say, Alex, you do an awesome job with those videos. And and you know a ton about Super Nintendo games also. So oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, everybody so. be sure to check out his channel. And uh, also, check out Blake's stream, twitch.tv slash Slackaholicus. Hey, that's me. That's where I do things. Uh-huh. Hey, you're cute. I am, thank you. Also, this year for 2016, um, I'm doing RPG year. I'm streaming almost exclusively uh, RPGs on my channel for the entire year. Right now, I'm starting the month off with uh, playing through the Mother series, Mother 1 through 3, um, which is where I've been doing my Mother 25th Anniversary Edition playthrough. Uh, I don't think that's going to take me too much longer. And then I'm going to jump into Earthbound, then Mother 3, and then uh, I'm going to be playing games that were influenced by heavily by Earthbound, like Citizens of Earth, uh, Lisa, and Undertale, to close that one off. Nice. And then after that, I have no idea what I'm going to play next. I've got like 60 games on my list. I've got a ton of Final Fantasies, everything from Tactics to Final Fantasy IV, to Final yes. Fantasy the Thirteen trilogy, because I hate myself. Um <laughs> Do you I'm, really want to do that? I don't want to, but I might. <laughs> I'm going to watch. I'm going to donate and make you do achievements and shit. <laughs> <laughs> <It's bad. laughs> 
Oh man. Uh, stuff like Pure Solar and the Great Architects. I've got some PC ones on there. South Park, The Stick of Truth. I might finally get around to playing through. I'm probably gonna I've, play Secret of Mana again. Uh, just tons of games. Girlfriend and I have been playing Stick of Truth the past few weeks, and it is really, really funny. It has ever been as funny as like the show. Like the it's, best it's, episodes of the show. Yeah, I've watched some of my wait. friends play through it, and I was like, "Holy shit! This is not only a really good RPG, but it's a really it's awesome. good game. It's so good. It's so good. You'll love it." I've I can't only heard good things one. about that game. Yeah, I've not heard anyone say a bad thing about it. Except for like, oh god, this part was uh Which is what, it's South Park, that's what's going to happen, so yeah. There you go. Alright guys. Thanks for spending two and a half hours with me, as usual. Alex, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're probably thanks for having not, It's fun. Yeah, you're probably not used to talking for two hours <laughs> straight. Hope that wasn't too hard on the old okay, vocal Okay, he got quite a few times. <laughs> just taking a nap. Hey, he's going to get sick, we're going to kill him. <laughs> Well, I'll let him go in that case so we don't kill him. Alex, come back on the show sometime. It was fun yeah. having you. Thanks for having me. It's appreciated. It's fun. And I think that does it. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.